3: SIFPOP podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience.
2: Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, we refuse to let 2016 have its way. We will not go quietly into the night. We will live on. For today, it's SIFPOP. You gotta make the best of it, man. Like Rocky said, life's not all rainbows and sunshine. It's not how hard you get hit. It's how you get back up after you've been hit? That is one of the greatest speeches of all time. Isn't that good? Speaking it's of good uh, speaking of ranking things, it's time for the SIF Pop 2016 Movie Awards. Woo! It's just like it's just like you're at like a live taping or something. You know they have the applause machines come on. Dina, you are tickled. <laughs>
3: Why are you so tickled? This is really funny to me.
2: Yeah, no, I totally get it. Um, Welcome. We are excited to talk about a lot of stuff today. Uh, Let me kind of give you a rundown of what you're going to expect on this super-sized SIFT Pop episode. Uh, We've got, uh, let's see, uh, special awards that we're going to be doing. Uh, We've also got some favorite movies and performances of the year, and we'll also be giving away our official SIFT Pop movie of 2016, so we will be officially picking amongst us and our gurus who have written in their choices as well Mm -hmm. what the official 2016 movie of the year is for Sif Pop. But as always, we like to start out with... One
1: one more thing. Also, we're doing an AMA.
2: That's right. We'll also have uh, some questions in there from you uh, that you have asked over this past week that we'll be answering as well.
1: People Uh, were sending us some really good questions.
2: Yeah, I like these questions. I'm excited to get to
1: them. Let's show them what a bunny from the Burroughs can do. Yeah. I think that Danae could do the voice if they ever did Zootopia 2. Officer Hop? Yeah. Yeah. Danae sounds just like Hop. Thanks. (laughs) That's
3: the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. Cool. What a great entrance.
1: (laughs) Nice. Uh,
2: Welcome our guest guru who is not a guest guru. She is a host emeritus.
3: It is Danae Hughes. What does emeritus mean?
2: Emeritus, yeah. Most. It's like when you uh, are you you're not necessarily doing something anymore, but you retain all your title and your honors oh, and your. It's kind of like,
3: like when a
1: president retires; they're
3: president oh. emeritus. I think I can link.
2: Here's uh, I actually, here's because they def- still
3: call him president.
2: They do. Like, here's and they still have secret. Here's the definition for them of right. emeritus: uh, of the former holder of an office. Uh, having retired but allowed to retain that title as an honor
3: thank you everyone for having me <laughs> back emeritus dene right here officer hops
2: uh <laughs> i'm so glad it's so interesting that you're back because this is going to be a very listy experience doing you know kind of our best of the year and stuff yeah and that's one of the things you hated about you know I pop culture was making lists it, what happened
3: I, well i don't know i got the email saying hey you've been a guru on the show before." Uh, I would like to know your favorites and so all of a sudden I was like oh I better see which movies I've actually seen this year uh-huh. which started me on this like I don't know memory lane of all these movies and then I'm like well this wasn't was a favorite in fact this was horrible so then I decided <laughs> to make a horrible movie list Uh huh. and then I just kept making lists upon lists <laughs> and I couldn't stop she myself. She caught the bug. <laughs> would you say so, that?
2: Would you say you've caught the list bug a little bit? You kind of get it now?
3: I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm pregnant and planning for like a family and all uh-huh. the stuff like yeah. maybe that's part of it the and organization so like, ordering, of it yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe this is my way of nesting
2: <laughs> like pop List-making. culture nesting listing yeah this <laughs> <laughs> listing is nesting yeah. that's amazing <laughs> uh whatever the case uh we are absolutely glad you're here we're going to start off uh with a special edition of do we care which we re-entitle we care deeply uh hit us with it andrew
1: in a 72-hour period, the world lost both Carrie Fisher and George Michael.
2: Yeah, and it's and it allows us an opportunity uh, to kind of think back on their work, who they were, just kind of to you know recognize that there is loss there. It's interesting that we that the loss of celebrities impacts us so much, but I think it's valid. You know, I think because we feel like we know them uh, in some ways, um, that that Not makes only it that, harder. But
1: they're a part of our lives. Because they're not strangers to us. They've opened up themselves artistically to us and they've invited us in to share in that experience.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Now, you were saying that the George Michael actually hit you harder than Carrie Fisher, which really surprised me because, I mean, Princess Leia was just like, man. Yeah. And and she's in the midst of, you know, doing these new movies, you know, for Star Wars. And it's just like, oh, wow. And, and, to have, and to also have it been a situation that dragged out over a couple of days because, you know, she had the heart attack on the plane, and then it was like, oh, she's stable, but nope, she wasn't stable, and yeah. now she's gone. And it's just like, ah. But George Michael hit you harder.
1: Yeah, um, for the main thing is, like, going back to, like, Zoolander, whenever they had the Jitterbug song, you know, the Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go mm-hmm. as they are driving down, yeah Wham! playing, which is George Michael, one of his bands, and... We we did that for a long time, and then my friends and I got really addicted to the song "Careless Whisper," where it became. If you watch our YouTube videos, that song shows up a lot. Yeah, and it's just it was one of my favorite songs, and I thought he was a brilliant musician, an amazing singing voice. And then whenever I heard about him losing, it didn't hit me as hard as David Bowie, but it hit me pretty close. Which is surprising because you think David Bowie, you think of this giant hole that's left in the world. It's sorta of like losing a Robin Williams, you know. Mm-hmm. When you lose David yeah. Bowie. That's what
2: when 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 I heard about Carrie Fisher, that was the one that came to mind was the last time I felt this powerful about a loss was Robin Williams.
1: Really? It hit you that hard? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can speak more to that than I can for Carrie Fisher. Though. I
2: don't know. I just think
1: it's it's where you see
2: their role in your life. I mean, I watched Princess Leia, like, daily, it seemed like, when I was a kid growing up. You know, yeah. we had Star Creep. Wars on... V- <laughs> Sorry.
0: Sorry. Okay, I should say
2: I watched Star Wars daily, and she was a part of it. Although I did do a lot of watching of Princess Leia. You know, she certainly is a very attractive woman. And one of the things that that I find when celebrities pass away is that I learn new things about them, and I love that. I That's love, true. you know, like, I love what I've been seeing about her. I love... Um, the anecdotes about you know what she wanted in her um, obituary when she died because of her conversation with George Lucas about space underwear. Do you guys know this?
1: No. This I haven't heard of this. Okay,
2: so when she was in Star Wars, George Lucas took a look at her in the white dress You know she wears mm-hmm. and yeah. says, you can't wear a bra. You cannot wear a bra in that. And she said, okay, I'll bite. Why? And he said, because there is no underwear in space. And so they had this conversation, and he said, because in space – you're dealing with, you know, gravity differences, gravity changes, and a bra could, you know, because things swell, things, you know, so it could actually strangle you. It could actually, you know, choke you.
3: Which no <laughs> woman wants in that area. As the woman here in the room, I Thank can you. attest I to that.
2: I appreciate you attesting to it. So she said she wanted in her obituary when she died, uh, strangled in the moonlight by her own bra.
3: <laughs> <how she wanted. laughs>
2: or something like that. So just stuff like that, like those little kind of anecdotes. Uh, I fr-
3: learned that she was an advocate for a mental health. Like she yeah, was exactly. she had
1: uh, bipolar disorder. Yeah.
3: And she was um, open with talking about that. And that's a great thing to happen for any kind of mental, you know, uh, disability or whatever. If you've mm-hmm. got someone who can kind of come to the forefront, speak positively about that and openly about that. I love that she was willing to just kind of bravely talk about that. She was. I think someone said something about being mentally unstable, but I don't think that that was the correct terminology. It seems a little negative to mm-hmm. say mentally unstable.
2: Yeah, it doesn't seem seem like the correct way to address the it.
3: Correct way because I'm 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 not medical professional.
2: <laughs> That's true. Well, don't worry about it. I mean,
3: but I was super bummed because she's also like an icon for women too. You mm-hmm. know, like her character was really powerful. You know, she strangled Jabba herself and mm-hmm. she shot yeah, herself she and she saved herself, you know. So it was like she was like the self empowered princess. And well, and she
2: would always give it back to Han. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, she's not like she, she didn't just...
1: take his crap or anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And even though
3: that wasn't Carrie, that was her character, mm-hmm. it still influenced how young women grew up and felt about themselves mm-hmm. rather than the, you know, powerless princess that had to be rescued all the time. Yeah. So she's always just had this kind of like role in my mind and then seeing her in star wars last year was really cool too Um, i also liked her perspective on beauty she has great quote about you know this is not about aging well can we stop about talking about aging well it's not about skin products and stuff it's about what's going on on the inside that's not what it's about just like she seemed like a really awesome person so i
2: love the way she talked about how she was asked to lose weight for the new star wars movies i loved how honest she was about that and speaking about those kind of things she just always seemed like she she didn't she didn't care to put up, you know, with anybody's nonsense. You know, yeah. it was just like I she'll think just, I'm
3: just like super glad that she had an opportunity to come back into the spotlight before she passed away. Because I think she's been in- re inspiring us again because of her reappearance in the storyline. So I'm glad that they they had that she had the opportunity to kind of reappear as a forefront of our pop culture.
2: One thing I learned about George Michael was he was the first person ever to do carpool karaoke with James Corden. Oh. He kind of invented that. They invented that segment together. So I I never knew that either. So that was kind of interesting. But I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, I hear so, especially with these, you know, bang, bang deaths of, you know, George and, and Carrie here at the end of the year, that 2016 took so many, you know, celebrities from us. You think of, well, Andrew, you were looking at the list, like Alan Rickman. And of course, you mentioned David, David Bowie. Bowie. Yeah, that know, one
3: really bummed me out.
2: Um, and, and so many others. I wonder if, tell me what you guys think about this. I wonder if the further we go, the more it's going to seem because more and more people become famous as, you know, technology makes it easier to become famous so that we're seeing more people we feel like we know and love pass away because we are impacted by more and more and more avenues and people and things. And we know more about celebrities today than we ever have before.
1: I think that's part of it. But I think that another part of this is if you look at like Alan Rickman Gene Wilder. Um, well, Gene Wilder, not for what I'm about to say, oh. but uh, George Michael and Carrie Fisher, is they were really young yeah. when they passed yeah. away. And I think that's what people are really hitting hard about. But then you have other icons like Gene Wilder who were in their 80s, you know, and that, that you kind of prepare yourself for that, but whenever you have the loss of somebody who is... In their 50s, George Michael was 55, I think. 52, I think. 52? Yeah. Yeah. And Gene, or, and uh, Carrie Fisher was.
3: And 60. Prince was super young. Yeah, well, yeah we haven't even mentioned as well.
1: Prince. Yeah. So
2: yeah, I think
3: I think, I think that's you're right the main
2: thing. because I remember when Florence Henderson passed away, th- there was almost nothing. Like I mean, it, it wasn't the same kind of wave. You know, the mom from the Brady Bunch, and I'm thinking, and
1: she's really,
2: but she, she was, was really 70. old, right? And I just wonder if
3: I think we kind of go like, oh, she had a full life, or oh, she yeah. had a full life. But yeah. Then you got like someone like the kid who played Chevok, or Chivak from Star Trek. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and it's check like off. Chekhov, off, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like. It's like whoa, that was way too early. Well, and, Anton and the
2: tragedy of it, you know, and that's yeah. the other thing too is the story of the tragedy and yeah. And I I do think it's worth mentioning, and I don't consider it insensitive because I think it's just kind of a part of you know how we need to see the world. But I do think it's worth mentioning both George Michael and Carrie Fisher, uh, heavy cocaine users at one point in their life, yeah. And the effect that cocaine has on the heart specifically has been proven oh. over and over and over again. And so I think it's it's you know kind of a wake up call that. There are consequences to lifestyle decisions and, you know, and those kind of things as well. So I think that's part of it, too, is you're also dealing with celebrities from an era where that was just part of being a celebrity was partying. And yeah, and I know I, there's still some of that that goes on. But I mean, my understanding during the 70s, especially, is that was just that's what it was. That was
3: the norm of it all.
0: Yeah.
2: I
3: think no matter what, it just reminds us, you know, we never know when things are coming And if you if you live long, then it's just like it's easier to say goodbye to that person. And if they have a shorter life, you feel like, oh, there was so much more that that person could have done. But it's sad to death and loss is sad no matter, Mm. you know, no matter Mm -hmm. what or who it is, whether it's a celebrity or a family member. But to what you were saying earlier, Aaron, there's like these different levels of um, of celebrity status. And there are some like huge icons and and those, I think, impact more people because, Andrew, like you said, they're just a part of our lives. They've impacted our lives. or music or their arts or their film has made its way into our life. And so we have like an emotion towards them. And that's something that I think is really unique to our culture that we do have exposure to so many different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. So there's just been there's been a lot this year. I was actually just looking over more of the pictures of people who have passed away. And I, there's this one young girl that was like 22 years old, Christina Grimmy remember her yeah and she was shot by oh, from fan. The voice
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I knew her from youtube but yeah yeah, yeah. she so, was on the voice mm-hmm. so oh.
3: yeah so like and and this kind of stuff happens there's just all kinds of things that can happen you don't know if it's a freak accident or someone you know hurts you or, or whatever it's just like you hope that you just live your life and they live their lives the fullest that they could in their moments but when you're at the end of the year and you look back on how many people have passed away this year, it's a little, like, overwhelming.
2: It is. In the chat, Adab says, we're impacted by them as the age because they stay in our social consciousness longer now. They are relevant longer now as well. Uh, she also mentions, not to forget Mr. Seaver, who passed away uh, this year. And I forget his actual name. Who was that? Um, he played uh, Mr. Seaver, the dad, on Growing Pains. Oh, yeah. Um, he just
3: he just died. Um, and
2: Muhammad Ali and I yes. mean, it's just like Alan um, Thick. We are Alan Thick. Yes. Alan yeah. Thicke,
1: yeah. Because his son Robert Thick. Uh, um, my Ma- my family is a huge boxing family. Yeah. So Muhammad Ali. Is that was, what you
2: do over Christmas break? You get together and box each other?
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we uh we get together. We watch like all the boxing matches. Nice. and stuff like that. So hearing about Muhammad Ali. That was a big obviously one. I never saw him fight live. You know. Right. But uh. But my family knew like Tommy Morrison, who was in Rocky Five. He was the villain, but he was actually a boxer in real life. We yeah. knew him. So nice. whenever he passed away, that was. Do you
2: know Danae's dad met Muhammad Ali? Actually, Danae met Muhammad Ali. Did
1: you really? Yeah.
3: I actually oh, have wow. a signature.
1: Oh, that is fascinating. How old were you?
3: I think I was like eight or nine.
1: Did you understand like who you were? <laughs> this is going to sound weird. Did you understand who you knew you were in the presence of, really?
3: <laughs> no, but. I understood my dad's like his entire energy shifted whenever he was meeting him. And really? he turned to me and he said, because I went by my first name at that time. Danae is my middle name. So oh. he, he turned to me and he said, well, my
1: whole life's been alive.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he said, Jennifer, this is one of the greatest men that you will ever meet. And I just remember being like, whoa, because, <laughs> you know, when your dad says something like that, he yeah. was so serious and he was so respectful and so they had a conversation, and we all went over and ate with his family. Like, we, we ate at the food court with his family. We were in the uh, wow. airport between. And then I had, we had just got back from Disney. And so I had my little autograph book where I had like Mickey and Pluto. And my dad said, Do you want his autograph? And I was like, I don't know this guy. And so, in between the pages of like Mickey and Pluto and that is is muhammad ali's signature
1: (laughs) whoa (laughs) that's so great that's such a great story uh there are some people that transcend even humanity and they become (laughs) legend is larger than life like larger than life yeah like Like
2: pluto and mickey of course course. course. yeah (laughs) um whatever the case uh we certainly uh mourn the passing and recognize that mortality is real I mean it we're we're all gonna pass on at some point. Yeah. Uh unless there's some sort of miracle science that happens like in the movie In Time with Justin Timberlake. Uh unless that happens, we're all going.
1: You do know that they are working on that, right?
2: Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> and there are jellyfish that have
1: eternal life. So yeah.
3: And turtles, because there, turtles also don't die. There is an turtles aging of, die. of natural causes.
1: There is an aging gene yes, they and they're no. thinking about removing that from the human gene strand. Yeah.
3: Of what 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 are they doing genetic. now? <laughs> so <laughs> genetic
1: scientists, they have figured out that there actually is an aging gene. Right. And they're thinking course. about just taking it out.
3: Oh, good. That's a great idea. But
2: then but then you'd just be how would you even you'd have to take it out after
3: yeah, you were you fully a certain grown. Age.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. Don't ask me
2: like I know what it is. <laughs> Good point. Good point. All right. On to the 2016 Sift Pop Movie Awards. Woo! <laughs> we will start with our special awards. Uh, these are just kind of some special awards we're going to throw out. And before we get to the big ones, let's start with the movie in 2016 that was your biggest surprise. So you had low to medium expectations, but when you came out... You really loved it. Uh, Andrew, why don't we start with you?
1: For me, uh, I did not expect anything going into this movie. And then after I saw it, I'm like, I have to tell everybody about this. Everybody needs to see it. And it's Eddie the Eagle. Oh, Okay. Um, whenever I heard that Taron Edgerton, who was the kid from like the Kingsman Secret Service, yeah, yeah. was mov- doing a movie with Hugh Jackman about... Uh, he was also a voice in Sing that just came oh, out as was well. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So it's a true story, which... I should have known for me would have been a selling point.
2: Yeah. I love true stories.
1: But, um, it's about a, uh, what are they called? Uh, a, uh, a a long jumpers, long ski, jumper, jumpers yeah. ski jumper. Yeah. Yeah. And an it's, Eagle Yeah, <laughs> it's called Eagle.
3: I don't know. I haven't seen it. It's so about an I don't Olympic
1: know. ski jumper. Yeah, it's, about, it's about an Olympic ski jumper, you know, where they go down the slope and then they see how far they can fly. You Why know? do they
3: do that? I don't know.
1: And, uh, it's about this kid, his whole life, he didn't have a, like a learning disorder, but he was always a little off. Yeah. And, uh, he his entire life he's like I'm going to be an Olympian one day, and he grew up in this incredibly poor town in uh, England. And um, he basically his, was looking for
2: his Olympic loophole where yeah. he could become an Olympian the easiest way possible.
3: Okay,
1: because he wasn't physically as you know capable as a lot of other people. So he's like, I just need to find something that I'm physically capable capable of doing, and I'm going to commit myself to it. So he meets Hugh Jackman, who is a former American. Gold champion, yeah. champion, yeah, in ski jumping, and he convinces him through pretty much persistence and just beating Hugh Jackman's will down to train him. Interesting. And it's a beautiful story that just—it's an underdog tale that just has you jumping up and down, like you can do it, because you yeah. just get so happy and excited
2: for this kid. That's a great choice. That's a great choice. Uh, Danae, you want to go next?
3: Sure. Um, I think mine was Utopia okay because okay. i was like oh cool animated movie yay and Anim- then i was like
2: talking animals seen that before and i was like
3: "Whoa, i really had a really good time and i think that it was addressing so many important details like mm-hmm. the underbelly of our society when it comes to racism and like it, it kind of just got deeper and deeper for me i didn't expect it so that was a surprise for me because i kind of into that going this is going to be super lame and I left going, I think this might be my favorite movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> that
2: would be the definition of a surprise. Uh, for me, uh, I had a I had a list of four. Uh, the three that didn't make the cut were Lion, which was a big surprise to me. Did not expect how much I would love that movie. A Monster Calls, which is another one that you should see uh, if technically you Technically
1: a 2017 movie, but I'll allow it. A Monster Calls? It comes out January 7th.
2: Well, it goes wide January 7th. That's... It's technically been out... For a couple Ew. weeks. For those who can see those the screeners, I mean, it will be it will be in it's in 2016 <laughs> awards consideration for, for you. like Oscar. No, for the Oscars and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah,
1: because the Oscars come out in February.
2: <laughs> well, but no, but they only do movies released in 2016. If if you go into IMDb, it'll say 2016 doing as, it right a, now. as a release.
3: He's gonna go double check on that while you get to your good. actual one. Um.
2: Anyhow. Uh, yeah, you're right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hate that? Yeah. Don't you just hate that?
2: Uh, and then, uh, pop star.
3: Pop star was your. No- that was actually pop- your. Never stop. Never, never stopping. stop. Never
2: stopping. I expected that to be the stupidest movie of all time, and I laughed so hard. It is so completely inappropriate it's the in songs. so many ways. But it was. It was hilarious. But the one I ended up picking was another one that you haven't had a chance to see yet, probably. But it's called The Founder. I was not expecting a lot out of it, and I loved it. It's Michael Keaton as the owner. Wait,
3: wait so that one's actually actual number one? That's
2: my actual. I've been
1: wanting to see this movie for a very long time.
2: So I just, I wasn't expecting a lot out of it, but it tells the story of the quote-unquote founder of McDonald's, and I put it in quotes because of what you learn in this movie, if you didn't the already know. The whole Nick Offerman thing. Yeah, yeah. and I'm not going to give any of it away, but it kind of blew my mind on several levels. He's so...
3: actually a chicken. <laughs> He's actually, yeah. well,
2: yes, he is, and a turkey, and a jerk. Okay, so we got that out of the way. I really, I
1: really (laughs) have been wanting to see this movie for a long time. So to hear you say that you were pleasantly surprised by it just makes me that much more excited to see it.
2: Uh, Let's move on to biggest letdown of the year. And I will go first on this one since I went last on. Uh, This was the hardest one for me to pick. Really? Because there were so many letdowns in 2016 movie-wise. That's because you see so many movies. Let me just list a couple for you. Uh, maybe these are yours, so we'll get to them eventually, but Jack Reacher 2, Independence Day 2, Jason Bourne was a huge letdown, X-Men Apocalypse was a huge letdown, Batman versus Superman, although you could argue you didn't expect much out of it anyway. You're
3: just gonna name all the movies?
2: (laughs) All right, here's mine. Here's, I won't name any more. Here's mine. Uh, mine is Zoolander 2. That was my biggest letdown. I was (laughs) expecting, I was expecting genius magic from Ben Still, because Zoolander's so funny. And really?
3: Yes. I guess I didn't see the original, so I, I don't have any likes to stand the on origi- the one.
2: Well, the original Zoolander I really enjoyed and it's just Zoolander 2 was a
1: big like It's iconic. So that's I grew up watching the first Zoolander. Yeah, movie. well you've
2: already mentioned it once in this episode already. So Yeah. What about you, uh, Danae?
3: Uh, Jason Bourne. You said Dickie Forever. It took me like two seconds.
1: Yeah. Yeah, mine was actually pretty easy too.
3: Yeah. I don't I don't know, uh maybe it's because I watched it recently. I didn't go to the theater and watch it, but I did end up watching it. My husband went and bought the DVD and so Mm -hmm. we watched it and I was like, okay, here we go. And I sat down for the Jason Bourne experience and I got the Jason Bourne music and I got the expected sort of, like a lot of it was very expected, but the plot line was horrible and I hated how they used the technology because the the government, uh, people had access to too much. And then there was all these like side plot lines and I was supposed to be caring about Jason himself and trying to maybe wrap up some of his like mystery of his mm-hmm. storyline. But instead, it was like, uh, you know, oh, the government's going to be spying on us and this little sideline over here. And oh, and then there's another little sideline over here. And they're just throwing all this information and details and operative titles. And it, it was like, this is potentially the worst thing ever. And I didn't end up caring about it at all. And I walked away going, I don't even know if I want to see another Jason Bourne movie. And I maybe wish that they would have just stopped with with um, Matt Damon and they would have actually picked up...
2: Yeah, with The Bourne Legacy, with... The bo- yeah. uh, Renner, Jeremy Runner yeah, yeah, because
3: that seems more... I don't know. That just seems more interesting was, to me. But.
1: Maybe that's. But, just, oh, go ahead.
3: No, I was just going
2: to say there was so much promise there, too, because it brought back Paul Greengrass, yeah. the director, who I loved. He's the reason I loved those original Bourne movies. Ultimatum. Uh, Ultimatum is my favorite Bourne movie. Me, too. Like,
3: it feels like they were trying to go for some huge, big reveal about a story, and nothing worked. Yeah. and didn't It didn't work for me. So, it was, that was a huge disappointment because the Jason Bourne movies, when they started, had this nice role to them that was just so unique and. Do you think
1: that we overhyped it because it was the return of Greengrass and Damon to the franchise after so long? I think they should have
3: simplified the story. I think they should have just pulled way back on and doing one plot and going, how can we talk about the mystery of Jason Bourne's identity? Because if you're going to make this about Matt Damon's character and not picking up another super soldier or whatever, they should have really just stayed inside his and made some mystery and intrigue. But there's something about his dad, but that didn't didn't even stick because they're just hopping around all these other side things. It was... I think that they just messed up with putting too much in it. I think they
1: made it too simple because the whole Jason Bourne thing is how complex and intricate it is. I think they made this movie too simple. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I can see both of those sides, actually. Yeah. Uh, as per your question about you know hyping it up too much, I think that's an element of any movie. And that's why it's such a big letdown, right? Because you expect so much out of it. But, it, yeah. but that tends to diminish that this is actually a bad film. You know what I mean? It's not like this we were expecting true. greatness and it was okay you know we were expecting greatness and it was bad yeah. you know and that's that's different so what was yours Andrew?
1: mine was a movie i'm pretty sure denae hasn't seen okay and i'm well obviously you probably saw it. It's a movie called 999 yeah did you ever see it i did okay so directed by john hilke who did uh the road and he's one of my favorite directors he's not really well known you know worldwide as a big name like Spielberg or anything, but I think he does really good movies. Um, This movie has an all-star cast. Like, you hear this movie and you're like, well, you have Casey Affleck, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad, Anthony Mackie, Woody Harrelson, Kate Winslet, and Gal Gadot, and Norman Reedus. And you're like, how do you fit this many people people. in a heist movie? And you're like, this is going to be the greatest movie of all time. And it was (laughs) <laughs> it was I think I liked really it more bad. than you.
2: I didn't like love it, but I think I, I think it was mediocre for me, not bad. Uh some of the performances, I, I really liked Aaron
1: Paul in that movie. I yeah. thought he
2: was really good, but but you're right, it did not live up to expectations.
1: Well, here's in any the thing. Way. Um, you know, on Flick Freaks Shameless Plug, um <laughs> we do uh like our most anticipated movies of the year based on trailers. Yeah. Triple Nine was number one. Oh wow based off of the trailer. It was our most anticipated movie of the year. And after we saw it, we were like, what what happened? <laughs> how do you how do you mess
2: that up? Uh, uh, all right, Danae, why don't you kick us off with the uh, most overrated movie of two thousand and sixteen? Ones that it's, one that seems like everybody else loved that you didn't like very much.
3: Um, fav- my my favorite movie. Most people thought was awful.
2: No, your uh, you you hate the movie. Everybody else loves it. Yeah.
3: Oh, thank you. The opposite. Um, hate is strong. Right. Sure. Well, I, overrated.
2: I was,
0: yeah
3: um civil war okay i know <laughs> i know <laughs> no, that's what this category is for.
0: exactly yeah
3: but but i think it was because I, and it's really funny because civil war appears in other categories where i really had a good time but uh-huh. overall i i still don't think i enjoyed it as much as everybody else did yeah everyone's like super excited about civil war and they're like yeah da da da, da. there's all this excitement i'm just like i don't think i liked it and maybe it's because my friends were fighting and that's hard to watch a friend's fight.
2: That's a great point. That's a very but, valid point. Yeah, that was mine. Uh, mine just came out. Mine was Sing. Uh, it's getting great critical reviews. Uh, that's People's, the animated movie? Yeah, the animated, the singing the singing animals. I
3: didn't think it looked the
2: very good. The
1: American Idol for animals. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I did not really like it at I, all. I, I thought the voice yeah. performances were, I mean, the singing was great. The songs themselves were great, but the, that's not the movies doing. <laughs> that's like the original writers of those songs, yeah. you know, doing that. Hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I didn't have a great time with it at all but uh, a lot of people seem to love it so that's fine yeah what about me
1: i'm going with moonlight everybody and their mother thinks this is the greatest movie of all time (laughs) and i don't get it it's okay at best for me and um ali is like winning all these awards for best supporting actor he's in the movie five minutes and it was an incredibly forgettable performance for me and I think that the the thing that really makes a lot of us mad whenever it comes to least favorite that everybody loved is the fact that everybody loves it so much makes you dislike the movie even more <laughs> because you're like, no.
3: You're all wrong. You're all
1: wrong. <laughs> no, I get that. It's like I,
3: you're firm more like implanting yourself and you're like, I'm sticking here.
1: Because originally after seeing the movie, I was like, oh, that was okay. And then I heard all the hype. I'm like, wait, we're, did I miss something? I went back and watched it. And I'm like, no, it's not. There's nothing there. I think
2: uh, I had very similar feelings about another movie that's getting a lot of awards buzz, which is called Loving. I had the same yeah. feelings where I'm like this. How, Jeff I don't, Nichols' newest movie. Yeah, I was like, I just I don't think this is that great of a movie. And I think in both cases, what it has, and, and one of the reasons it's getting a lot of awards consideration, is it deals with topics that are important to deal with. Homose- you think it's
1: the subject matter more than it is the. I think
2: that's a huge part of it. Moonlight yeah. deals with homosexuality in the African American community. Yeah, that is a huge topic worth dealing with. And uh, and so I think it's getting a, a a lot of buzz based around that. Plus, I actually think the performances in that are good. Um, and
1: that's another thing is whenever with when you have a movie like Moonlight or with Loving, people think that you are taking a stance on the social issue right. instead of the movie itself, right. and that is not the case.
2: Well, and all you can do at the end of the day, right? All you can do is give your own opinion, yeah. you know. And that's you know that's what it's about. So yeah, all right. Moving on to underrated, the movie that you thought was great that most people didn't like. Andrew, why don't you start us off on this one?
1: Warcraft.
3: (laughs) Warcraft was mine too. Oh, oh
2: no. (laughs) Literally most of the people in this room love that movie. So it's invalid. It's invalid now. It can't be underrated. No, you're right. Critics did not like Warcraft, including myself.
1: And yeah, here's the thing. It's a fan film.
3: Yep, that's exactly what I wrote. There's
1: nothing wrong with fan films. And the fact that people don't get that or they hear that and they're like, well, you can't make a fan film because then that, that negates this entire, um, uh, this entire mm-hmm. group of people over here. And yet every single time you have a movie like Batman v Superman, Donna justice, mm-hmm. that takes liberties with everything so it can reach a wider audience. Then all of a sudden those exact same people start saying, Oh yeah, well that's not true to the story the at all. like, anyway, you can't have it both ways. No, I agree with that. So, whenever they made Warcraft, and it's a total fan service film that hits mark after mark, whenever... I know Danae and I, we were making our murloc sounds, we were like... <laughs> <laughs> and we were yeah. so happy, because we knew where every single thing in uh-huh. that world was, and it just... Made us giddy and happy. Yep. I think you can do both, I mean, look both, at the though.
3: smile on our faces no, that's right great. now. No, it's look great. Look at and our smiles. I, exactly. And, I, and
2: I, would never, <laughs> I would never be able to or even want to take that away from you. Like, that's great. Yeah, I'm glad you guys had a, had a good time. You can't
3: take it away, Aaron. I
2: think, <laughs> I think there is a way to do both. I think there is a way to serve the fans and incorporate a larger audience. And I think With it's a movie the, like Civil War. Or, or um, yeah, the Marvel movies are a good example of that, actually. Even yeah. going back all the way to Iron Man. You know, that there was yeah. a lot of fan service in Iron Man that people of the original comic are going to feel very close to, and yet it was a commercially <laughs> so, viable... I think you know, what,
3: what happened in Warcraft is it was packed with nostalgia. It was packed with story that if you know the content, then mm-hmm. it was packed. That's exactly right. if right. If they would have zoomed in on one kind of angle and then widened out for the audience, which I think you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the fans would have left going, I really wanted to see more because I've dedicated be, yeah. thousands of years of my life to this video game mm-hmm. and I want to go back in that world. So
2: maybe Warcraft's a really hard one to do it with because of the level of fan
3: Oh, it's, it's, you know, yeah. And it's probably on a Marvel level, really, when you Mm -hmm. think about it. I mean, Marvel has been around longer, the stories and the comics have been technically around longer. Um, But there's so much lore, there's so many books, there's so much in the video game, and there's so much there. So yeah, I knew I knew coming out of that one that it wasn't going to be hidden for everybody, but I don't care. I loved yeah. it. I yeah. had a freaking no, great, great time. That's great. I had such a great time.
2: That's fine. So I, that
3: was an easy one from my list. I was like, <laughs> oh, I know this one. <laughs> the, as soon as
1: like Lisa Oh Warcraft. Warcraft. Yep. <laughs> yep.
2: Uh, what was yours, Aaron? Uh mine was Passengers. Uh Passengers is getting a lot of flack. I think it's at thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's getting a lot um,
1: more flack than it should.
2: I I really love I really liked Passengers. So that would be the one I think that sort I So did Justin, is, is my husband. Under. Good. I'm glad to hear it.
3: He liked it because
2: it's not just Rotten Tomatoes. The audience score is also really low on it. I'm just I'm thinking, man. I is it
3: a story that's been done before? And that's no, fine? no, not at all. I haven't seen it, so yeah. I don't know. Okay, it's no, pretty not,
2: unique. I, I'm wondering if they did they did a too much of a switcheroo with the the from what I hear the trailers in the movie that the trailer paints one kind of movie and then the movie is a different kind of movie. I'm wondering if that's part of the psychology of it, which is something I wouldn't have had going into it, but. Yeah. Uh, you do I know, know that I,
3: I I don't I no longer ascribe to the No Frames Pledge. I, yes, you know I that, know. Right? Okay. Hey, <laughs> praise frames
1: pledge.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I will see every frame possible of this movie.
3: Yeah, That's I shamelessly mine. watch them now. I don't I don't have any sort of guilt factor.
2: Uh, nor should you. Come to
0: the dark side. <laughs> do it.
3: <sighs>
2: um, I feel I I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before. I found the comparison for the no frames pledge in real life. It is my veganism. It is my thing where I like subscribe to something and am passionate about it. and I feel like everybody else's life would be better if they did too. But I come off sounding, you know, like I'm too interested in it for, you know, and what pretentious I mean? and, yeah, and, and pretentious and all those kind of things. So I don't like think that you're pretentious <laughs> it's my movie you veganism. Made, you
3: made a rhyming motto. I did. That's <laughs> yes, right. This
2: of is course true. I did. Uh all right, and finally in our special awards, uh this was the biggest one for me. I have a full list, so I'll go last on this one so I make sure I don't take yours. Uh, but this is Best Movie Moments. Okay. We're just supposed
3: to pick one, Aaron. I did
2: pick one, but I'm going to give honorable mention. I have one honorable mention. All right, so, so. we'll start with Danae. She'll do her one.
3: Uh, when Dory finds her parents.
2: Aw.
3: That, yeah. that was a huge, emotional, cracked my soul open, crying openly in the theater moment.
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah. What was it Do you think that was so meaningful?
3: I think because I have a family that's like that. You know, doors always open. Unconditional love wouldn't mm. give up on me. But then seeing like all the shells, you know, it's just like they did everything that they could to yeah, make sure that it's so, very powerful. And when when you as a person see that somebody cares for you that much, and, like you feel the emotion of it. Oh, it's so powerful. It's so powerful right now. So that was my big moment.
1: Absolutely.
2: Andrew, what was uh, what was your honorable
1: mention? And then what, I just what did realized you pick? I have two honorable mentions Go for but it. two of them. They're both from the same movie. OK, they're both from Rogue One. OK. The first honorable mention will be all of the Alliance ships coming out of hyperspace right in front of the Star Destroyers. Okay. I almost jumped up out of my seat in the IMAX theater. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> and then the final honorable mention is also from the same movie. Since it's a fresh movie, I won't spoil it. Yeah, please the don't because I haven't seen it. The last, I'll just say the last five minutes. I know of That's movie. what
3: everybody says. I could tell you everyone says about some movies. They say... You know this scene.
1: <laughs> you know this scene. That's what they you say. You know this scene. Aaron
3: knows this scene. I do. It was on
1: my honorable mentions as well. Was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah it was. So it uh, was
3: actually, what would Yeah, what'd top? you pick?
1: My number one mo- best movie moment was the airport battle in Captain America Civil War.
2: Oh, that's a great choice. And it wasn't even in my honorable mentions. That's really? That's good.
3: That yeah, that's a, a great one. choice. That is
1: that is a great movie moment this year. There's
3: a lot of fun things that happen in that yeah. scene.
1: It's a big scene, so there's a lot to take away from it. But yeah. seeing all of your favorite heroes. It does stretch heroes. the definition
2: of moment a little bit considering it's, you know, about a 15-minute moment. Yeah, yeah. moment. But what a moment. But what
0: a moment.
1: But what
2: a moment. So, yep, that's mine. Uh, my honorable mentions in addition to uh, what you mentioned about Rogue One, Okay. Uh, the uh, interrogation scene in Manchester by the Sea uh, when Kate- Casey Affleck is being interrogated by the police. Oh, wow, yeah. Unbelievably powerful. Uh, Jeff Bridges in Hell or High Water has a moment after uh, a key... Moment in the movie that I don't want to necessarily give away where he laughs. in that moment just stood out to me. It was just one of those moments I thought where, about
1: that moment a lot whenever I was yeah, writing this
2: list. Yeah. Uh, so that was one. Uh, the Keys in 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yep. Was another moment. It was
1: another one I was thinking of, too. That stood
2: out to me. Uh, You're just
1: listing off all the ones I thought of. I just didn't mention. <laughs>
2: uh, I also mentioned... Uh, I also thought of the of the entire opening scene of La La Land. That was my you know airport scene. I kind can of see that. Kind of stretch of just blew my mind uh and then one that you know we were talking about george michael but was you know would have already been in my movie moments was in keanu and the george michael scene in keanu which was just hilarious to me george michael
1: had some big movie moments this year this and deadpool i've already
3: forgotten what, what what happened in keanu <laughs> I did see that one.
2: Uh, so there's the scene where he is pretending to be. I don't think there's there's too much spoiler in this, but yeah. they're pretending to be more street than they actually yeah. are. Uh-huh. And so they're with, with oh, in these the van? Gang, in the van. Okay, I'm you know, with George you. I'm with George you. Okay, okay. So I thought that was great. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But the one that won it for me, yes. my favorite movie moment of the year, was um, Rafe Fiennes and Alden Reich in Hail Caesar. Would that it were so simple? So simple. Yeah, oh, that was just
3: really that was that
2: was my favorite movie moment of the year. That was, a was really I good felt moment. so
1: bad for <laughs> Alden Wright. He's like, oh, I, he's just so adorable.
3: I loved that scene. Yeah. Would that it
1: were? It was th-
3: so uncomfortable. Yeah, and he had that huge accent, and he's trying yeah. to like not. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good moment. Can I? Yeah, can absolutely. I
1: list one more honorable mention? Sure. It's total spoilerish. The twist and rival. Okay. Time, yeah, that's all you yeah.
2: need to say. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. There's also another movie that I haven't seen, Arrival. All and, right. And they they say that about that too. But <laughs>
2: things, they
3: say just wait. This has been things wait. they
2: say with things Danae. they say.
3: You yeah. don't actually have to see it to know that there's something major that happens that you don't expect. Yeah. And moving into
2: another special awards section, we, we've got awards. Danae's <laughs> special awards of 2016.
3: Get us with it, golf lap. golf clap. Um, how about we start with biggest laughs this year? Okay. So I'm gonna. So in Civil War there was several, um, from like when Ant Man and Spidey uh, both become fanboys. I thought that stuff was really really funny because yeah. they fanboy out. Um, but in the and then Bucky and Falcon are in the backseat of the car. That moment whenever they're in the backseat of the car, I thought that was really funny. Mm-hmm. It's just a really brief moment, but sure. that was really good. But then in the same scene that Andrew just mentioned, the big fight scene, I think that's when Ant-Man attacks Captain America. And Captain America is doing things like he's trying to figure out his physics and he's just bantering back and forth with Ant-Man. And
1: Oh, he's like, oh, this is your conscience. And yeah. he's like, unplugging stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
3: That part... Cracked me up. I think that's the most that I laughed, and and nice. it's funny because I put that movie on one of my like least favorites, but it made me laugh. made the you moment. laugh
2: more than any other movie this year?
3: <laughs> yeah. Also, making me laugh was the wood that it tore so simple from Hill Caesar. Yeah, that would be mine. And the sloth scene. Oh, the that's howl, a good
1: choice too. Sloth and Howl I can't, from I can't, Zootopia. I can't knock you for choosing the sloth scene. That's yeah, great. Oh uh, yeah. We
3: actually, it's on. It's streaming on Hulu. I'm mean, on a uh, Netflix now. They just Zootopia added Zootopia. Is? And so we watched it last night, and Justin didn't watch hardly any of it at all and i was kind of on in the background for me but the sloth scene he was fully engaged in (laughs) and cracking up laughing so was good nice um biggest cry was and by the way if
2: andrew if you have anything to add to these categories or if i do we'll just jump in i have
1: two honorable mentions and i chose one for laugh for laugh
2: okay go for it
1: um so first honorable mention is from a movie i don't even know if aaron has seen It's called laser team i have not okay um, I'm a huge fan of Rooster Teeth. My dream growing up was to work for Rooster Teeth, mm-hmm. and they had they released their first film this year. And there's a scene in the movie where uh, I'm, I'm since you haven't seen it, it won't make content makes sense in context. So I'll just say there's a scene in the movie made me laugh a lot. Okay. Then uh, next up is actually from a movie called Storks.
2: <laughs> really. Really? Now, I I that could have been in my underrated category because I like Storks more than most people did. I think.
1: Where he talks about, did you see the game last night? I don't remember that specifically. Pigeon toady, hi bro. The <laughs> the little pigeon. Is that? Like, uh. I know the character. Yeah. Yeah. Funniest <laughs> character in that entire movie. He's like, "Did you see the game last night? That <laughs> uh, was too bad when we started losing." But then, at the last minute, we pulled it out until we were losing again. <laughs> yeah, no and and we remember. won. Yeah, no an hour. Wait remember. a minute! There was no game last <laughs> night. And I, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. But yeah. my number one laugh of this year came from the movie Nice Guys. Oh, which part? Where Russell Crowe breaks Ryan Gosling's arm yeah. and he le- gives out that high pitched cry. Yes, because <laughs> he broke his arm. Yes yep that's that, my number one that laugh was of the
2: hilarious year. good choices
3: oh uh, what about your biggest cry do you guys have a moment that like you I cried up? so
1: much i did yep. well,
3: what's your biggest cry uh,
1: no honorable mentions the first minute of arrival
3: oh yeah that's interesting
2: no honorable mentions for me either uh i bawled my face off at Lion. The last 10 minutes of Lion. Gosh, I want I just to see that cried. movie so bad.
3: Is it about real lions and dying in the plane? <laughs> no. It's a No. It's about, no. Okay. Okay.
2: It's about, yeah, it's about oh, a lost, lost
3: no. child. It's oh, a live
1: no. action Dory. <laughs> <Final> <laughs> Dory. <laughs> it kind of. Yeah. It
3: kind of is. <laughs> well, mine was from Dory, but I already mentioned that one, so not a yeah. surprise there. Yeah. Um, By
2: the way, passengers, I made this joke in my review. Basically, a live action Wally. Right? Like, (laughs) I mean, it's basically the same movie. Except there's more dialogue than the Yeah, exactly.
3: I love Wally. I cried for real and Wally. Um, Oh, yeah. The end of Wally Wally is
1: heartbreaking.
2: (laughs) 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 Welcome welcome to the podcast, Pregnant Danae. Yeah, no
3: no doubt. Um, I made a category called Most Distracted During, and I was most distracted during Star Trek because of. I always say Shavok, but that's not his name. Chekhov. Chekhov.
1: Anton Yelchin.
3: Because I knew that the actor died. Uh-huh. So the entire time I watched Star Trek, I was like, how are they going to kill off the character? What are they going to do? So the entire movie, I couldn't really get into. Like,
2: But I think they made the right decision. You know what I mean? Like, they I, had a I, lot
3: of I was, But I was. that's the thing. I don't remember most about the movie, except for that I was surprised how much he was in it. Like mm. That they had finished up pretty much. Yeah. So I don't even remember what they did. With his character now—that's a good nothing, choice. I mean, actually. nothing,
2: nothing special. I mean, it. was it's, I liked that they didn't make it a big thing, you know. Yeah. So uh, that I think that was appropriate.
3: I feel like I wish that I would have known that going into that movie that they that. Uh, what, it wasn't going to be a thing. Gonna, yeah. yeah, because the whole time I was distracted, the entire movie.
2: Uh I was mostly I was distracted a lot during Rogue One, and yep, I won't give that's re- mine. I won't give away the reason. Just say Uncanny but, Valley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So huh.
3: see, I that's,
1: had an honorable mention. though. It's
3: a thing. What's your honorable mention?
1: Well, it's it's an actual <laughs> movie-going experience. The third time I saw Arrival, the girl sitting next to me continuously pulled out her phone and was checking text messages. Okay, oh, that's, that's a perfect, the next category. That's the
3: perfect segue. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Because that's the next segment for me, too. Movie-going
2: experience or something? Mm -hmm. Most awkward movie-going experience of 2016 goes to...
3: Hail Caesar, because during that movie, it was pretty much an empty theater. And like 20 minutes into the movie, this guy walks in, walks to the entire theater, the empty theater. I'm in the very back row at the very top. He walks all the way around, all the way up, and comes all the way over and sits like two seats away from me. And about five minutes after he got there he was chewing real loud and everything he leans over and he says they ever say what time this was in (laughs) and then starts asking me questions through the movie so i can catch him up because he was late that was super awkward i
1: can't even imagine i I don't know what i would have done i don't know what i would have done well and
3: and you were there erin i was
2: i was there i was two seats over uh it was you and then Callie. uh, Callie was there with you and then myself and my wife and, it was uh, so weird. It was really. We were like the only four. There <laughs> it were actually, was actually so weird. There was actually one more couple. It was about three rows ahead of us, and I just remember them because there were <laughs> gas noises coming from <laughs> them during silence.
3: So loud. It was so. That's <laughs> the same
2: movie. <laughs> wow.
3: It so, was a movie-going experience.
2: Uh, so all of us were kind of like, "What is this guy doing?" And I. See, and I don't know what it's like to be a woman in that situation either where you wonder, like, are they hitting on you? Is it something where... It was weird. Yeah. He smelled like like tobacco
3: and, like, he just, he had this odor and presence and then he kept, like, when he'd lean over, he would say something. I just started to, like, ignore him completely. I didn't know what I was going to do if he kept going. I don't know
2: that there's any kind of... similar thing that, that men could understand what that's like. Like, I mean, that's just not something, you know, we do, we don't deal with that kind of awkwardness in our life.
1: Like, it's not like... People, oh, yes, we do. creepy People
3: w- coming and talking to yes, you?
1: Yes, we do. We absolutely
3: do. Maybe not when you're, really? like, you're, oh, your yeah. size, where you don't have to worry about anything, Aaron.
1: Maybe this, maybe this doesn't bother you, but...
3: Like, big... Giant guy who's like, what are like you women hitting me? on you and stuff?
1: No, something like people talking to you and it's incredibly awkward. Is that what we're going for? No, no, no.
2: I no. Everybody's had like an awkward conversation. I just think where about, there's like, an element of is this person like dangerous to me? Like, is this person oh. scoping me out? You know, for You've nefarious never had that purpose? Feeling
3: before? I mean, for the opposite sex or about opposite sex, you're talking about just someone in general.
2: I'm talking. I'm talking very specifically about the sexual aspect. Oh, of okay. It. I'm then talking. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking like that. There's no. There's no real way for me to understand because psychologically, that's all back there, right? Like that's all got to be kind of part of the, you know, subconscious of our culture. You know,
1: I was going to say people talking to you at the urinals is like the <laughs> is <laughs> the awkward thing. You know, you're not supposed to say a word when you're in the bathroom, this but there are some people who shh. Uh, this
2: is so. a no zone.
3: No, it's, no it's a no zone.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh,
2: mine actually uh, would be at the age of seventeen. Uh, a couple of girls sitting right in front right in front of me uh, turned to each other. So not facing the screen, but faced each other and talked the entire movie. Uh, Just had a conversation the entire movie. Uh, would, have uh, would have stabbed him.
1: Would have
3: stabbed Don't say so that. so hard. Because
2: people have done that in movie theaters. So. Really, this is true. Yeah. I really
3: wish there were a way to report with stuff like that.
2: I would have. I don't mental know. Mental daggers. Yeah. I, I don't, you know. Part, I would... of, part of me is like, so for me, I'll be okay. I think I can figure out how to watch it with you distracting me. But at the same time, I'm like, honestly, I was more upset that they were missing the movie. Oh, like, no. I was Because it was really <laughs> good. Because it was
3: really good. I was like, you guys should be watching this. Like, That's so funny. So. Oh, I
1: just thought of one more. I went to the premiere of Deadpool and the projector broke. So we had to start an hour late. And just Wow. And you stayed? I stayed, yeah. Wow. I, I loved Deadpool. And I was super stoked for it, too.
3: I wish this was the uh, most awkward movie going experience of all time because then you could talk about Magic Mike, Aaron. But that didn't happen this last year. <laughs> I
1: think that probably Aaron going great. to see like the just the Bieber, Bieber movie. The Bieber yeah. movie was
3: great.
2: Magic Mike was great. Uh, I did have a fight breakout in front of me uh, when I screened um, what was the Tarantino movie? Was it Django Unchained? Maybe. It was, e- it was either that or hateful eight. Uh, there was a fight that broke out in front of me because one person was kicking the other person's chair. Like I, I go to movies so much I have these experiences. Yeah. So you know, it's it's kind of interesting.
3: Next up was the scariest scene or like a jump scene something that got you this year yeah. i uh, there were a couple of moments in 10 cloverfield lane normally i don't go watch these kinds of movies yeah. i don't like being in the state of suspense and fight or flight because my instinct is to fight and i don't like to get into <laughs> fighting situations i can purpose. attest
2: that if you scare
1: danae she will hit you <laughs>
3: it's true that's i will why,
1: that's why we haven't played that horror game yet <laughs> that's right
3: i get i i there's just like this i don't know i don't like it but i did watch 10 cloverfield lane and there was a couple of moments in there one was a scary moment. I think that's the keys that you're mentioning earlier, Aaron.
2: Uh, that was more of a tense, suspenseful moment. You're talking about I the vat.
3: I'm talking about the vent.
2: Yeah, the, that. The,
3: the jump moment was at the vat. Yeah. And those were my two, like, oh, that was just, that was super, super intense. Yeah. Um, But my number one was actually in Zootopia because you have this happy, like, kid movie where you've got these adorable animal fluffy faces Mm -hmm. and then uh because of a drug that they've been given they turn into like these feral creatures and they go into this dark room and this tiger jumps out from like kind of a caged area and they did such a good job of making it look like a real tiger and then it's like cage after cage after cage of these ferocious animals and Mm -hmm. i just remember like i was upset by it and all the children in the room i'm like they're gonna have nightmares (laughs) So yeah. those are my two kind of like scary moments. This I don't know. Really, I
2: can't really think of any. Did you have anything for that?
1: Yeah. Uh, Blair Witch. 99% of the movie is jump scares. Yeah, but I was never scared by him. Cause it oh, was I just was. Like, did
3: Blair Witch come out this year?
1: Yeah. yeah it came out. Um, Again? The, yeah, they made <laughs> the a sequel. Yeah. sequel, yeah. Oh. So it was awful. Was the, it? it? was so bad. Honestly, it scared the crap out of me. Really? It really did. It, it was
2: too poorly done to uh, have an, an impact on me. I just was like, Whatever.
1: But uh, it was like
2: what, that guy that hides around every corner and says "boo." It's like I get it, you're behind the next corner. But like, jump scares
1: yeah. get me; they get me. Yeah, and every five seconds of this movie was a jump scare. But pointless if I had to, jump scares. If I had to pick one, when they got to the Blair Witch's house at the end of the movie,
2: <laughs> sure. That's
1: that's. And you said you actually said that you really liked the part where she's stuck
2: in yes. a little tunnel. Yes. Okay. Because that is not a jump scare. That is tension. That is it tension. It was the one part of the movie where they understood audience tension. Yeah. Instead of just trying to scare us. Ugh. So, yeah.
3: uh, what about best worst CGI moment this year? Like,
2: easy. That's really easy. So best. Oh well, I was saying worst. worst. I okay, what's I was worst? Worst was easy. What's worst? For I, you? It's, I don't know that I should. I don't know that we should say. I were thinking is the it, same one. A, no, no, I'm not. I know
1: what one you're thinking of. Oh
2: yeah, mine's mine's kind of spoiler. Oh, so is it? Mine maybe a little. I think, have, it's, I think it's kind of out there now, but I mean, it's such a recent movie. I, I'd hate to say it. Mine's but.
3: Gods of Egypt. We're oh, CGI.
2: Well, yeah, that's pretty rough there too. Yeah, so but
3: you don't want to say yours.
2: I can't. I think everybody knows it. I just don't want to be the one who's like. I guess I, it's Star Wars. It's, it's Rogue Star- One. Yeah, it's Rogue. there's a couple yeah.
3: moments in there didn't do very good.
2: There's one very specific CG effect that is, there's... in my opinion, awful. Although it's been interesting to read the response to it. Because Some people
1: are like, I, I don't. It doesn't bother me.
2: They don't even notice, and I'm just like, okay, great. How? I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad
3: mine was the tony uh stark versus captain fight in civil war
2: i thought you were going to go with young tony stark in civil that was war brilliant though i thought, I that, thought was that, that was great that's my awesome. best that's my yeah, best too. i was gonna Is say it? that would my be best my too.
1: best yeah young Man, tony stark young uh Cooper. i love
3: jungle book because there's so much cgi oh that's in that, a great that's a great choice it was so too. gorgeous and beautiful and i just like it looked real to me that whole environment looked real to me but I really loved that whole entire movie. And then Doctor Strange obviously has some really cool moments too There, yeah, obviously Yeah, visual
2: effects I think I'd go with Doctor Strange. Oh, okay, okay. But computer generated, uh, Jungle Book is yeah. a great choice. Yeah.
3: Yeah, there's a couple of CGI characters in that that I thought are freaking awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and my last, well, I, I went into like TV streaming and apps and things like that. But maybe I, we can do that in like the bonus time. I don't know what, how much you want okay. to cover. All right. all um, right. And then I also picked like most recommended movie of Let's, the year. We can do that.
2: We can do because this is different. Than favorite movie of the year. Yeah, this would be the movie you would most want to recommend to people. So it could be that your favorite movie of the year is a little less recommendable because you know it speaks to you directly and not necessarily to everybody. So yeah, I'd love to hear your most recommended movie. Zootopia. <laughs> That's easy. It's
3: called
2: a hassle, sweetheart. Aaron, um, most recommended. I uh, go if you got one,
3: Dory. Andrew.
1: I'm going to go with Eddie Can't the decide. Eagle. Oh, really? Eddie the Eagle or Hell or High Water? I'm I'm going with a movie that. A lot of people haven't seen, but should. Both of those movies were not, you know, like big box office hits, but everybody should, especially at The Eagle.
2: I guess in that context, I would go with Kubo and the Two Strings. I didn't watch that one. I would go with Kubo and the Two Strings or Monster Calls. I think those would be two that I'd be like, you really should watch. If it was like you probably haven't seen this or have a desire to see it maybe but you you might want to those I, would be the two
3: i actually created a list of movies that i should have seen someday that i should probably <laughs> have seen this year but didn't and we'll see someday oh, let's let's finish with
1: that then i thought we were finishing with top five performances for this oh no, no, for my gonna, danae section we're oh, gonna for the well,
2: section. we'll finish with yeah we'll finish the entire podcast with top five performances and top 10 movies those oh, are the biggies okay. those are the okay. big awards
3: um movies i should have seen but didn't see apparently eddie the eagle <laughs> uh just, it's a new one just got added on there um i wrote arrival moana rogue one kubo and the two strings um and la la land
1: those those oh. i would agree with all of those if of all of those which one would you say this is the one you need to see
2: i'm all, i mean i would say la la land if, i would say arrival
1: yeah well yeah
2: i think they're one w- uh, a and one well
1: <laughs> i think that maybe uh no, never mind. I don't want to get into that. On,
3: on Rogue One, I wrote, apparently answers questions. And also there's a scene that you will love because people say, you know the one. <laughs> and then for Kubo and the Two Strings, um, it was on a lot of people's top lists. And someone said that it was the Zelda movie we all deserve. That's
2: a great way to explain it. So yeah. I was like,
3: oh, that's intriguing to me. So,
2: but if I remember correctly, you didn't like Kubo as much as we did, did you?
1: No, um, I actually have it kind of low on my list, like yeah. In the 30s, I remember
2: you. Yeah, I remember you didn't enjoy it quite as much as we, um, myself and whoever was on with us that week. That
1: would have been Devon Taylor. Yeah, Devon, Devon, and I really
2: be- liked it, but um, but anyways, yeah, I think
3: I think Arrival and uh, Rogue One will be at uh, the top two that i kind of go pay more attention to
2: uh the one that i haven't seen that i need to see is silence martin scorsese's new movie i have not seen that yet that's the only 2016 release i feel like i need to see before i finish my list
3: do you have any that you're thinking you should probably see before
1: lion is definitely one i think i should see a monster calls and i have a bunch at home that i'm gonna get caught yeah. up on but those are the two
3: they pile on because there's still up. a movie i haven't seen yet that i always said that i was supposed to see it's called titanic <laughs> So <laughs> I still haven't ever seen that one. I think, so my- I think
2: you've safely missed the boat on that one. <laughs> yeah, I have, <laughs> I, have <laughs> I have Kubo <laughs> in the two strings at number 43. So there you go. It's, it's Out of long. how
3: many? How many movies did you see this year? Do I'm you know?
2: up to 105. Aaron, do you I, know? I'm at an even 150.
3: <gasps> Guess how many I saw this year. How many? 17. Yay, Danae! That's more than one a month. Danae did
2: it, it is more than one a month.
3: So proud of me.
2: <laughs> Nicely done.
3: Uh, <laughs> Thanks for letting me share the extra. Oh, I think that
2: was great. I love list w- that I no, made. No, I love Danae's awards. We should have you on every award show so we can do Danae's awards with the main awards. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Before we move on to some other stuff, do you want to uh, mention again that this podcast is able to happen because you support the podcast network uh, that it's on. Studio DNA Podcast Network uh, puts out podcasts that are supported by fans. It uh, starts at like 3 bucks a month, and you get access to your own podcast feed that has bonus episodes that are available Ooh. nowhere else. Uh, like, for instance, we every show we do what's called an exclusive pre-show. That's only available uh, on Mixler itself or at that special podcast feed for our patrons. So if you're thinking about three bucks a month to help out some great podcasts, like the one you're listening to right now, just go to patreon.com slash studio DNA and thank you ahead of time for your support. Uh really means the world to us.
1: Patrons get perks. Yeah, they do. Oh. On
2: to the AMAs. Thank you so much. Thank you for sending in your questions. Uh, Andrew has compiled them and we'll ask them and we'll have a little conversation.
1: Yeah, so um, we did a YouTube video and we also posted this on Twitter and we got a bunch of great um, uh, responses from people and I just want to thank everybody for doing it. Thank you. First question up comes from YouTube. Uh, The first set of questions will all come from YouTube and then I'll move on to Twitter after that. First one up is from Chad Brochill 2012. Great handle, by the way. (laughs) You review movies for a living. But if you were to make a movie yourself, what would the plot be?
2: That's a great question. Um, I, back in the day, had a plot in my mind for a <clears throat> a sci-fi uh, movie <laughs> about uh, people getting supernatural powers at a key moment in Earth's uh, like existence. So whether it be like an asteroid was about to destroy Earth. And so people were all of a sudden getting these powers to help with, you know, stopping it. So they're wondering, obviously, this seems planned, like what is happening. So the mystery would be, you know, how are these people getting powers? Aliens. What, you know, how is that happening? So that was one that I had thought of a long time ago. More recently, my mind goes to making movies that are a little more um, on kind of the message deep. And I have a movie that I've been formulating my brain about uh, a Christian and an atheist uh, who befriend each other. And it's called
3: Danae and Ida. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I thought it was going to be Aaron and Andrew, but fine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, oh, Andrew!
1: Is it going to be sort of like a, a dinner with uh, Andres
2: sort yeah, of thing? Much less, God's not dead. <laughs> And much more my dinner with Andre. You know, the idea of conversation and real open dialogue, I think, is important. Although I do have some ideas that that I don't want to give away in the plot of some twists that could happen and some some interesting things. Well, I want to. Alien invasion. When this this movie finally comes out, you know, I want people to uh, be twisted. To be
1: twisted. Danae, did you ever have a movie idea? Mm,
3: I have had storylines running in my head and books and things like that my entire life. But there's so many of them. I don't even know that I could pull one out of my mind right now but it would be awesome (laughs) yeah i know that what about
1: you andrew (laughs) i write scripts for fun every now and then do you really yeah um one that i just chose i always like write down the plot of a movie if i ever think of something Mm -hmm. just so i don't forget so one i wrote down and i'm just gonna write now in a world no no Uh, (laughs) it's a a movie in which uh, hundreds of people are kidnapped and then transported into a digital world in order to escape this digital world they must gather $100 $100 million of fake digital currency and deliver that to their captors. Once they deliver the money, they can go free. But they are now competing against not only themselves, but the other hundreds of people. And whenever you die, you simply respawn like you would in a video game. Except whenever you die, you lose $1 million of your like gathered up money. So it's kind of Tron meets the running man. I was thinking it's like, like Sonic the
3: Hedgehog <laughs> when he gets hit by something and loses his <laughs> yes, coins. So he exactly. loses his coins, yeah. yeah.
1: It's, it's, a, it's an illegal experiment on the human condition and to see what people will do in order to escape. I like it. Twisted. It's called penance.
3: Or gold coins. Gold coins. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. No. Oh, wait,
2: I forgot to tell you the title of my, my atheist oh, yeah, Christian yeah, yeah. movie. Yeah. It's called No God, but no is in parentheses N-O and then on the other side is K and W. So
3: Ooh. I like
1: that.
2: So anyways, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Coming up at number two. Uh, this is also from YouTube. Rocky road. Rekka.
3: Mm, Rocky
1: road. 3d movies are all the craze right now. Predict the next big thing in 15 years or so. Denae knows it. Denae. What is it?
3: This is virtual reality headsets with movie and then, like the, is it called? I can't remember if it's called 4D Experience, like a Disney where With they smells, smells and sounds and, sounds mm-hmm, sure. and yeah. air and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be it's it. It's
1: like a bug's life and stuff like that. So it you're is.
3: sitting in a chair, but the movie is like, you're in it.
2: Yeah, I think VR will definitely uh, be, gotta be, VR. be part of our entertainment future. I don't know what a VR movie looks like. It would have to be structured so differently.
3: I think you'd have to have heart palpation tests before you did it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing about a VR movie is the thing that you forget is when you make a movie, you get to direct the audience's eye. That's the power oh, of movies is you true. get to you get to show them the frame that they need to see. So,
3: like a big reveal moment, everyone's looking and, like yeah, left. everyone's looking somewhere <laughs> else. You know, so it'll be
2: it'll be the, there is some you know try to figure out what an entertainment experience looks like with VR. Um, I I am hoping uh, high frame rate and high resolution catches on to the... Like 60
1: FPS sort of thing? Even like 120. Like the idea of... Do you think that'd be too uncanny though?
2: Well, I think yes. It would look too fake. But if we get used to it, it could be basically like looking through a window instead of watching a movie. You, it would be like Wouldn't you were... Wouldn't it be were, like
3: going to a play? Well,
2: well, except for a play that has the ability to do what movies do. So, what?
1: you know, that's... Have they just found out, like, what's the frame rate that a human eye can interpret?
2: Uh, after 120, it gets a little bit dicey, like, that okay. you can even notice a difference. Same with resolution. After 8K, most humans can't even tell a difference. Yeah. So, like, 8K, 120 frames per second, that would be hyper-realistic.
1: Each movie would be 7 terabytes <laughs> right? of data. More than that, probably. Probably so you th- so you exabytes. Think, so you think HDR, high frame rates, high resolution?
2: I don't know because we are creatures of habit and we love our 30 frames per second. We're used to it. Yeah. Um, but I hope so because I think you could have some incredible experiences okay. with that kind of stuff.
1: I thought something it's really unlikely but would be fascinating to attempt would be choose your own adventure films. Yeah like a I would love that like a you come to like a crossroad you turn left you turn right and the audience votes
2: yeah I've thought of that before that would be really interesting Uh, Clue had several different endings but it obviously wasn't audience chosen yeah Um, I wonder
3: how that would make so when I go to a movie though I like to be in the movie I don't like to be in the audience
2: exactly yeah yeah so it would
3: change that a little bit like where if if I chose left and the majority chose right, I'd be disappointed and I'd be mad at the people around me, maybe. You know well, what I mean? And
2: let's just remember how bad Choose Your Own Adventure stories were. Like no, they're because- great. I loved are them. Oh, all, those stop, stop. all those Goosebumps
1: Choose Your Own stop.
2: Adventures. Stop. Stop. The Dungeons and Dragons
3: series I love them too, oh, but they so were good.
2: awful. No, they weren't. They yes. were great. They were you amazing. go back and read them now, you those wait- stories yeah. are manufactured. Happily. Yeah. Danae I'll do and I it. were leading. We're
3: going, bye. See you later.
2: Sorry to Sorry to poo-poo on your childhood. All I'm saying is those stories were manufactured in a way to play into the adventures, and they only had like three or four endings, but they had all these different ways of getting there. And so these stories, when you read them now, you can hear just in the, the plotting how... Manufactured and fake they are. Like it's, I,
3: I think I would enjoy the experience as like a one off, like a one off type of like you're going in there because you would the momentum would change. You know, somebody would have to craft a really interesting story yeah. to have the momentum and then have a choice and have the momentum and then have a choice. So then when you left the theater, you were like that was a once in a lifetime thing. If you've done
2: the new uh, Star Wars ride at Disney, uh, it again not audience choice, but there are. Multiple multiple options. different ways the ride could go. Right. And it's kind of a movie ride. It's basically a you know a virtual reality movie ride. So um so yeah, there's there's being you know, there's some experience experiments being done with it. But yeah, actually choosing would be interesting.
1: All right. Coming up next, this is from Carol Pritton. Recast a terrible movie to make it better.
3: Oh I opted out of this question because I don't even remember actors and actresses' names. That's
1: fine. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs>
3: I figured you guys would do better on this one because I I don't know.
1: I'll go first. Yes, yeah, please. So I'm going to recast Dune. Okay. And for the young boy, I'm going to cast Lucas Hedges, who we just met in Manchester by the Sea. Yeah. He's great. I will also put in the film Denzel Washington, Ryan Gosling, and Daniel Day-Lewis.
2: Uh, Wow. That's great. That's a, that's a great Whenever choice. you
1: have carte blanche to cast whoever <laughs> you want. I know, right? And money's not a factor.
2: Yeah, yeah. Let's let's just go to the next question. I'm not going to top that. So
1: okay, good job, Aaron. <laughs> um, this one is actually directly for you, Aaron. Oh, this nice. Is from Trent Keeter. What is a trope you see a lot of amateur film critics make whenever they do a review for a film? Um, I think what I
2: would say I see a lot, and I did the same thing when I was you know starting to talk about movies was this need to talk about every single thing the movie does. So like there's this idea that you have to cover like your checklist. I have to talk about the effects, I have to talk about the acting, I have to talk about the cinematography, I have to talk about the writing, I have to talk about the plot. And I think you you learn very quickly that the audience doesn't care about all that stuff for every movie. Mm-hmm. They care about it when it impacts that particular movie. So, you know, I'll talk a lot about performances because that is one of the major things that, you know, people will be distracted by or enjoy in a movie usually. But other things I'll rarely touch on. You know, I rarely touch on score or sound, even though that's a big deal. uh, If it's not something that directly impacts that specific movie, like usually with Star Wars movies, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about score sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but I, I won't necessarily touch on it so i think you'll see a lot of
3: you're right cuz it's rare like the last time a soundtrack really like impacted me was guardians of the galaxy right so i was like oh that was a fun soundtrack i think,
1: I think there's some a lot or garden
3: of garden state garden
1: I... state is the best soundtrack ever
3: besides Sorry. Uh, Sorry Aaron, you besides
1: that no that's great <laughs> we can, let's take a
2: pause and talk about amazing soundtracks that was uh, a
1: great well, the best scored soundtrack of all time is tron legacy
2: uh i love the inception score myself mm. uh the so i i think that's I see a lot uh, in myself uh, when I was starting, and a lot of others over-explaining, you know, just a lot of stuff that that is Im- is important if you're really going into the details. But to be honest, for reviewing a movie, details aren't necessarily what matters. Okay. So
1: and we have one more, and this, I'm throwing this one in at last moment because it's just so funny. <laughs> so this is from Bonsai Baby on YouTube. It's the last YouTube AMA okay. question convince me that Starship Troopers is the greatest film of all time. <laughs> uh, Starship Troopers is the
2: greatest film of all time because you do not even realize uh, the satire in it until you've seen it for the second or third time. It is a movie yeah. that continues to get better each time you watch it because you continue to understand more and more what it was going for Yeah. Uh, and that it's not meant i mean it's not a an accidentally cheesy sci-fi movie it is a purposely like robocop was mm-hmm, it's purposefully uh meant to be satire so uh if i were going to make an argument about it being the best film of all time <laughs> i would start somewhere in those the that realm
1: casper van Dien really encompasses rico and jeremy ironstein is always an amazing performance i will
2: also say the effects for that era are pretty astounding yeah, the, the when alien, that movie the came bugs, out? Yeah.
1: Yeah, the bugs look great. What was that? Like ninety seven? Ninety seven is wow. when Starship Troopers came out. Yeah, I I I mean that's Yeah,
3: I headed to that's, that's pre, It is now.
1: That's pre matrix.
2: Yeah, so. that's twenty years ago. That's that's pretty impressive for for visual effects for twenty years yeah. ago.
1: All right, now we're moving on to Twitter. This one actually comes from a guru of ours and close friends over at the Horrible Movie Podcast. what Jack have to say? Will Jack Reacher ever go back? <laughs> no it was nope. in the title he yeah, will never he's go never, going he's never going back he's never going back all right this next one comes from nicholas Moscow, can, and i love this question can the dc films get back on track for the next set of films
2: absolutely 100 yes
1: 100 i think there's, wonder woman is the film that's going to do it there is i don't know about that but there's always a i'm chance.
3: super excited about wonder woman yeah
1: but there's, we're not
3: talking about 2017 today <laughs> folks
1: <laughs> because For me, Wonder Woman Gal Gadot was the best part of Dawn of Justice. Her performance was great. I think even with a standalone film, she can really immerse herself in that character and bring it to life.
2: It took me a second to realize you were talking about Gal Gadot. I thought I I had missed the subtitle for the Wonder Woman movie. Wonder Woman Gal Gadot. And I was like, like, what is Gal Gadot? Is that a planet? (laughs) That's her name. (laughs) Yeah, it's Gal Gadot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Listen, I don't watch trailers. So I have no reason to uh, think that Wonder Woman's going to be amazing or worse or whatever. Um, I don't trust DC right now; they do not have my trust. Uh, from what I understand, the trailers for Suicide Squad were pretty amazing, and people thought that that was going to be the movie that changed it around.
1: Well, with Suicide so, Squad, they had Bohemian Rhapsody playing over the trailer, and that's what got everybody hyped. I mean, well, Bohemian Rhapsody is, can do that with any movie. All what I'm, saying I'm saying
2: is, fool me once. Shamefully. Fool me twice, yeah. You know what I'm saying. So I, I just. What do you think of Man of Steel? I it was okay. Okay. It was all right. I I liked it more than most, if I remember correctly. That was a while ago, but I didn't love it. All right. Um, but I, but I answer the an unqualified yes. Every movie can be great. Okay. It just takes the right vision to do it.
1: Before I move on to the final question, here's the penultimate one that you told me about. Somebody uh said that we never actually reviewed Sully. We
2: did. Okay. Yeah, well, they asked about Sully. Uh, they asked, and so I told him. It was, I think it was episode fifty-seven because I just looked it up for okay. him. We did, we did review Sully. You actually didn't, so I would love to hear your thoughts because I love you, Sully. you were sick. That that was the week I was on with uh, Curious Low, yeah, and you were sick, and we talked about fall TV
1: and so. And I had
3: already retired yeah. from Stiff Pop because yeah. uh, nobody knew it then, but I was pregnant. Mm- Yes. The whole time. <laughs> the whole time.
1: Twist. Uh, my quick five-second review is I thought it was a great film. I think Clint Eastwood is one of the greatest directors working ever. Tom Hanks, of course, is always great, but the best performance in that movie came from Aaron Eckhart. Okay, that's it. <laughs> that's a
2: great review. Nice. Yep. See? You don't need all the details. That's yeah, how you that give good. a review right there. That was all really right.
1: good. The final AMA question that we are going to ask is from Bob Rutledge. What film... Are you most looking forward to in 2017?
2: Oh, a little sneak preview of our 2017 <laughs> most anticipated episode that will be coming so out soon. I am so
3: glad you asked. Which,
1: which, as more movies come out, this list could change. Whenever we actually
2: sure, do. sure. So. Mine's easy, so I'll just start. Mine's Star Wars. It's always going to be until they let until they let me down. It's always going to be Star Wars. Okay
1: it was so. number two for me because we uh, on our YouTube channel and this came from Twitter um, on I think it's actually on your friends list uh, Bob mm-hmm. Rutledge um, but we did a top 10 most anticipated films of 2017 and Star Wars was number two for us so, very good there you go what was, your,
3: what was your number one
1: The Dark Tower yeah I, oh, I, I yeah. knew that would be the one you're most looking but forward to I'm so to.
3: nervous for you
1: I'm pretty nervous too <laughs>
3: I have four that I wrote down. Okay. But I actually have a list of more than that, but I just want to disclaim Well, but do you want to just come in? Just because I want to see it doesn't mean that I will see it, but I want to see... You saw 17 films I this year. I did really good this so. year, so I'm pretty sure I can only see one of these. Um, but I think I'm most excited for excited for Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: That's a great, that's a great choice. Yeah, I, yeah. I, think great I'm, choice. I
3: think I'm most excited for that one. Beauty and the Beast. I think number three for us. <laughs> I really am excited about Beauty and the Beast. You might think that I'm lame, but it has special place in my heart because it came out on my birthday. Mm. One of the one of the Disney movie came hey, out. Hey, listen, so. if
2: you want to be excited for Beauty and the Beast, be our guest.
3: And then also, oh, <laughs> Aaron, um, <laughs> <I'm leaving. laughs> the the Lego Batman's coming out. Yeah, and I love Batman story. And I love, uh-huh. love Batman. Anyway, will Arnett
2: is the best Batman ever. So I'm really looking to forward that. to that.
3: No. <laughs> and then I, ac- I uh, When I was doing my movie research stuff I came across a trailer that I watched For a movie called Ghost in a Shell
2: There's yes. a lot of controversy with that Have one There's a lot of controversy Why with it Whitewashing it's, Casting a, it's, white it's, actors it's based in a off general's. of a
1: Japanese anime And people uh, are upset that they cast Scarlett Johansson that's number five on our. You guys are listing like everything on our top 10 most anticipated films.
3: But it looks really interesting. I Doesn't love sci fi mm-hmm. and.
1: Visual stuff. Visual
3: stuff. Like well, like you're a huge element. fan of the fifth element. I yeah, was yeah, just yeah. going to yeah. say
1: that. Here's so. some trivia for you Ghost in the Shell is actually where the Wachowskis got their idea for The Matrix. Really? Yeah. There
2: you go. Whoa. More on all of this coming soon in an episode of Sif Pop when we talk about most anticipated stuff of 2017. But That's going
0: to wrap you it up for AMA. Is.
2: That brings us to the big ones, the big awards, performances and movie. Uh, I have asked our uh, panel here to pick their top five performances of the year and their top ten movies of the year. Now, Danae hates lists, so I've given her free reign to do as many or as little as she wants in these.
3: I did so good. Did you?
2: Did you make full lists? I did full. I did the whole thing. Wow. So are we going to go around, everybody
1: gives five and then
3: four and then three. Yeah,
2: let's start with performances. We'll start with our number five performance of the year, Andrew, kick us off. Ryan
1: Reynolds and Deadpool. Okay. He fully, fully immersed himself in that character great and choice. I 100% bought into it. He became Wade Wilson.
2: Great, great choice. Danae.
3: Um, are there supposed to be an order.
2: <laughs> yes, but again.
3: Hunting. <laughs> Aaron, do you want to
2: go <laughs> next kind while of how she does that? This will work. But... Hold
3: on. I think, I think I can do it while you do your. While well, I do
2: mine. Yeah, uh, yeah. Andrew Garfield and Hacksaw Ridge is my number five. Mm. Watched it again last night. It is in a. Astonishing performance. Uh, I was able to pay more attention to what he is doing with his character, and I am blown away by the depth of portraying this person who is, by you know, by all means, just kind of this goofy Gomer Pyle-ish, you know, kind of guy, and yet is you know acting like Braveheart, you know, in moments of this movie, you know, yeah. and it's just the the scope of that character is pretty difficult to pull off and just to know how different it is from andrew garfield in real life too you know that he is uh you know very different than that in the way he speaks and the way he acts i just i was really impressed so i still
3: don't know if i ordered these in any way um i only saw 17 movies this year so i don't have a lot of performances to <laughs> go, go for off. it but um hobie doyle's from Hell caesar the alden alden yes
2: Aaron erin Ehren- yes We'll just call him Alden from Iraq, because I can never pronounce it either. I thought he was so much
3: fun to watch, and I really enjoyed his character. It made me smile a lot.
2: Very cool. Yeah. That's a great choice. Thank you. Number four? Sure. John Goodman from 10 Cloverfield Lane. He was in my honorable mentions. Was he? If if he wasn't on your list, I was going to mention him. Okay. He is, this would be a great topic someday, would be to talk about uh, actors or actresses who don't have an Oscar that you can't believe. He's one of those for John me. John
1: Goodman, Gary Oldman. Yeah, uh,
2: Tom Cruise never got an Tom Oscar Cruise. too. And He's I and nominated just, twice. Yeah, just those. Uh, Jim Carrey would be another one for me. But just the idea that there's just some people that's just not in the cards for them. But Goodman was so yeah. good in *Tim Cloverfield Lane*, so yeah. I agree with that choice. Number four, Aaron. Uh, I went with Amy Adams in *Arrival*. Nice. Uh, I thought that that was a very nuanced performance, and she carries the movie, and it is a powerful movie because of it. So yeah, good stuff.
3: Tilda Swinton from the the ancient one from Doctor Strange. Right? She was
2: yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah, she was really good in that. I really liked it. I, I would not have thought about
1: that one, but very good call.
3: Thank you. Even
1: though that's another whitewashing controversy. Yes, that movie it's had... supposed to
3: be, different, but they yeah. made up
1: for it by casting a female in a male role. <laughs> that's right. That's how that works, right? <laughs> that's right. That's it. Right. 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 yeah just got check some boxes. Yeah. Number three, I have Casey Affleck from Manchester by the Sea.
2: Good choice. Incredible performance.
1: Like you were saying earlier, the interrogation scene with him is <laughs> beyond. Intense and like powerful
2: It's it's. Uh, I keep going back to His entire performance is Is almost all inside of him Yeah And yet you feel all of it Exactly It's incredible
3: Who is that?
1: Casey Affleck Oh Ben Affleck's Little Brother What,
3: what movie?
0: Manchester,
2: Manchester by the
1: Sea
3: Okay
1: <laughs> Do you think that it's too powerful of a movie for her to see?
2: I Well I wouldn't put it that way I don't know that you will enjoy it
3: I'm taking it off my list <laughs> Just like that Alright Oh, right. uh, it
2: might be one of those movies you get to the end and you're like, why did they make me watch this? What was yeah. your number three, Aaron? Uh, I didn't get to my number three yet. I think it's your number four. Did you?
3: Yeah, I already said uh, Tilda Swinton.
1: Yeah, we're on to number three. I just gave, or Casey was my number three, oh, so what's right. your number three? Jeff Bridges in Hell or High Water.
2: Yeah, yeah uh, good call. Ph- phenomenal performance. Um, I just b- bought everything Everything about it. So that's my
3: Neil Sethi. Oh, nice, also the kid from Mowgli. Jungle Book. Yeah. I thought he did a good job.
2: It, and kids don't kids often don't do, do a good job. Yeah.
3: But he really captured, like he he had the character and the scene where he's playing around with the bear, um, with uh, on the water singing uh-huh. the "Bear Necessities." Blue. He did such a good job.
1: Nice, good choice. Yeah, Number you, two, sure. Denzel Washington and Fences. Yep, Denzel was in my honorable mentions. Was he? Yeah, powerful. It's his greatest performance of his entire career. Yeah, impressive. Whoa. And he's had an impressive career.
2: I, I cannot disagree with that. I It is, it, excuse the pun, he swung for the fences, you know, yeah. and he oh, and yeah. he hit it out. I mean, it was powerful. So, yeah. yeah, I totally agree with that. Your number two? My number two is Casey Affleck, okay. M- Manchester by the Sea. So, I agree with you on that one.
3: Tom Hanks. Anything? In Sully? Oh, in anything. Oh, uh, sorry. No, it's, I actually didn't see him this year. Um, I picked Mary Elizabeth Winstead from 10 Cloverfield Lane. Oh, nice. She
1: was really good. She was an honorable mention.
3: She did a really good job. Totally agree. It freaked me out. And then I'll just go ahead and say my number one, if that's okay. Sure, go for it. It was John Goodman from 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. I haven't seen movies like that before. I just wondered. Also, like the 17 movies I've seen, the performances, and talking about movies like you know, like Do- Civil War. Doctor and Strange. Co- yeah, yeah, yeah. So It's hard for me to go and be like, oh yeah, there's a performance that really captured me. Yeah. So I kind of just went with the ones that were really like, just impacted me and seeing John Goodman in that role was really Powerful. difficult. Yeah. <laughs> and also I was impressed at the same time because, you know, I think he did a good job of carrying that character. But yep. I couldn't decide between the two of them which one did a better job so they just, Kind
2: of, weird. and what's the guy's name in that? Because he was great too. Yeah, um, he was good
3: too.
1: That's um, he, he Gallagher, was... Jack Gallagher, or not John Gallagher? That sounds
2: right. I, I just John remember Gallagher. him from uh, News uh, Newsroom. N- n- what is it?
1: It's Newsroom. Is it just called it's the Newsroom? The newsroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trust yeah. me, it's one of my Sorkin, favorite right? shows ever.
2: John Gallagher yeah. Jr. John Gallagher yeah. Jr. I remember loving him in the Newsroom, and and uh, and he did really good in there too. His name is Emmett. Yep. You know my number one. I don't. It's Jackie. Natalie Portman. Okay. Um, I.
0: Oh, yeah. Transformative
2: performance. When you're talking just like straight performances, it's just that was not Natalie Portman.
1: I haven't seen it yet. That's also I didn't mention earlier. It's one of my one of the ones one, you I need have to. See. I need to see by the end of the year. Yeah. What was yours? You Amy don't have Adam, much time. Amy Adams and Arrival.
2: Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. I
1: love that. I love
2: that we both picked females for our best performance of the year. Yeah. I've been saying this for a while. And they need to do a best performance, non-gender-based award. If they want to do men and women and also give those away, that's fine. I don't understand why there isn't a best performance of the year.
3: With this decision, I'm going to make John Gooden my number two <laughs> and Elizabeth, Mary Elizabeth Winston my number one.
2: Well, and technically... technically, a so
3: female sweep...
2: And technically, like, Jeff Bridges, one of my choices, was a supporting actor. Yeah. Like, I just, sometimes they break these categories down, and I'm like, can't we just talk about who gave the best performance of the year? Because if
1: you look at, like, 2007, Javier Bardem would have won best performance for No Country for Men, and he was a supporting actor.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And and I just, I think it would be a huge thing to just do best performance. Because, honestly, how does gender impact, you know, uh, your ability to act? Like, I get for sports why you would, you know define things maybe by gender but i
1: mean it impacts the roles you can get maybe because we live in a biased society i would say to add a best performance i wouldn't i would not say to get rid of male and female because it, i agree with that
2: okay yeah i agree with that um although it's at some point it might happen yeah but currently uh, i think it's good to, to have them um my only other one that wasn't mentioned in my honorable mention was ryan gosling and la la land and I bring that up specifically because of his piano skills. <laughs> like,
0: yeah,
1: I was blown away. I mean, I was going to go. With, I was going to go but... with Emma Stone from La yeah. La Land. Yeah, and I was if I was going to say Ryan Gosling, it would not be from La La Land. Be nice guys. It, it would be nice guys. Yeah, yeah. All Fun right. stuff. All right. Woo-hoo! Is it for the creme de la creme? Of it rankings? is time for the creme
2: de la creme: the top ten movies of 2016. Uh, before. We get into that. Uh, I will give you the rundown of what our gurus sent in. I was, I'm very excited to hear this. Uh, our gurus have a unanimous number one. What I mean by that is uh, they did not all pick the same movie for number one, but it's very obvious what the number one movie amongst all of our gurus is. Okay. Every single one had it in their top five. It was the only movie. In fact, there's no other movie with more than three gurus had it on their list. Uh, Out of the eight, they got back with me.
1: I have a feeling.
2: Go ahead. Arrival? Arrival was on everybody's list.
3: Yeah. Wow. So, so it's the number one then for So that was gurus. the number
2: one guru choice was Arrival. Um, number two was Sing Street. Three people had Sing Street on their list. Oh, it uh, makes me so happy. One at number one and two at number two. Um, oh, by the way, how I did this, just so you're aware of the math, mm-hmm. um, I took into account more how many people had it on their list versus what the total ranking was. So okay. for instance, if one person had it number one, that is still less than if two people had it number four. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Just to kind of give you kind of the math. So uh, there were three, no, four movies that three people had on their list. Uh, Sing Street was the top of those. The second of those was 10 Cloverfield Lane. So that's the number three movie. Okay. Uh, And the third of those was Rogue One. So that's number four. And the only other one was The Nice Guys. Three people had The Nice Guys on their list. So that came in at number five. Uh, beyond that, La La Land and Nocturnal Animals and Doctor Strange all tied for number six. Wow,
1: Doctor Strange above Civil War. That's
3: interesting. I liked Doctor Strange. I, I think. did too. Yeah, there were some. I, I think I may have liked it more. And I think the reason is because I feel like I could also do that. I could get a sling ring. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I feel like, ah, oh, I've got it in here. So, I could go stumble into a cool place with capes and stuff.
1: Let's just hang out in Nepal for a while. Yeah,
3: I just got to go to Nepal. That's all.
2: So those were the only eight movies that more than one person chose. There were 14 movies on their list that only one person out of the eight chose, including movies like Don't Breathe, uh, Swiss Army Man, Hacksaw Ridge, Deadpool, Star Trek Beyond was on somebody's list, Zootopia, um, Eye in the Sky, uh, Captain America, Manchester by the Sea, Kubo. Jungle Book, and Keanu were
1: all listed once. Oh, I know who put so. Keanu on their list. <laughs> yep, I know exactly who put Keanu. So, That's uh, so
2: funny. So, yeah, very clear top five and then three tied for sixth. So... Okay. Cool. Congratulations, gurus. Yeah. Thanks for picking that.
1: And thank you just to the gurus in general for helping out yeah. with the Sif Pop podcast.
2: Absolutely. It's one of our favorite parts to be able to kind of have this rotating you're welcome. list of amazing people. Uh, on behalf of all the gurus,
3: you're welcome. You're not a
2: guru. You are a hey, host but- emeritus, oh, oh, which is okay. so much is cooler. <laughs> <laughs> You've got rank. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I've been called a guest guru before. That's
2: true. That's true. But no, you're a host emeritus.
1: Okay. okay. So top 10. Do we want to do Denae, me, and then Aaron finishes up? Sure. Let's go for it. Number 10.
3: Star Trek. Cause okay. remember, I've only seen 17. Yeah, no, okay. that's fine. Yeah, you don't yeah, yeah, have yeah. to explain. No, I do. I feel like I'm in the <laughs> presence. I mean, you Listen. guys have seen over a hundred movies <laughs> in this year. And I'm like, I saw 17.
2: Uh, Star Trek was better than a lot of people give it credit for. I thought, cause I thought also it was my right. list
3: is like, you know, Zoolander and Keanu, and I'm like, I'm they can't be I'm in, not there. Putting those they in there. They can't sure, be sure. my top ten. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, so Star Trek.
2: Andrew. Rogue One. Right. Number ten. My number ten is Hell or High Water.
3: Mm. Number nine, X Men.
2: Okay.
1: Number nine, Captain America Civil War.
2: Nice. Uh, a monster calls. It's no. my number nine. Number, number eight.
3: eight. Ten Cloverfield Lane.
2: Ooh. Ah. Number eight. Deep Water Horizon. Yeah, good call. It's a that's a decent movie. I don't know that I have it I, I don't have it up in my top ten, but mm. I'm glad you're you're mentioning it. That's good stuff. Yeah. Uh my number eight is Lion.
3: <laughs> my number seven is Warcraft Suck It. <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> Love it. I don't remember that that in the title. Warcraft <laughs> Suck It. <laughs>
1: number seven, Hell or High Water. Uh, oh, you
2: had Hell or High Water higher than me. Did I? Yeah. Oh. Well, I had it at number 10. So. Oh, that's what you said. Yeah. yeah. My number seven is Finding Dory. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I, I should mention uh, what a year for animated movies as my list will continue to And I'm to looking show.
1: at my list. I don't have a single animated movie. Well, in there the you top go. 10. I'll make up for it. I promise. <laughs> Finding Dory is my number one animated movie. Really? The, it is.
3: Okay, cool. Are oh. we on at number six? Number yep. six Civil War.
1: Nice. Nice. Number six, 10 Cloverfield Lane. My number six is Utopia.
3: Ah, uh, number five, Hail Caesar.
1: Number five, Sing Street. Uh, my
2: number five is Ten Cloverfield Lane. Ooh, my top five. My Good call. F- all right. We are in the top. We are in the top four is movies this now. Is supposed to be
3: exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're oh, okay. getting there. Super exciting. Number four, Utopia.
2: Number nice. four, Captain Fantastic. Talk a little bit about Captain Fantastic. I, I enjoyed it, but I obviously didn't love it as much as you did.
1: I don't know why, but the uh, philosophical. Implications in this movie and the performances given by uh, Viggo Mortensen and the family, I the chemistry that he had with those kids, I one hundred and ten percent bought that they were a family. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and there's also something there's something about
2: the you know the misunderstood passionate person where it's like you the know
1: egocentric, yeah. yeah, and the fact that they were right and nobody understood how right they were because everybody is set in their ways there's, and oh. they're f- afraid of change there's yeah. a funeral scene in this movie where they give a eulogy that's so powerful yeah and love this movie
2: i love the scene where they're talking about why aren't they in school and they call the kids up and then they, oh, they ask their kids a couple the, questions and then they, and they yeah. ask their his own kids a couple questions they just it's
1: just <laughs> like a yeah take that <laughs> right sort of yeah. thing.
2: those kind of moments are always fun yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. That's that's a good choice. That's my number four. What do you got? My number four. Uh, this is three out of the last four that are animated. Kubo and the Two Strings is number four. I had four a feeling the, that was your number one. Uh, yeah. It's my number one animated movie of the year. Yeah. Uh, just barely over a Zootopia, Mo- Moana, Zootopia, and Finding Dory. Like those four <laughs> movies were all incredible.
3: Number three,
2: Finding Dory. Nice. Number three, Fences. Yeah, I Fences is right outside my top ten.
1: It hit me so hard. It's because good. I saw the original play, not live, obviously, with James Earl Jones, mm-hmm. which was the part that Denzel Washington played in this, and that's why I gave him my number two performance of the year. I don't think... I did, after did we watching, talk about
2: Viola Davis at all in performance of the year? Because she was incredible in that, too. She
1: should have probably made it in, to my top five performances. Or at least honorable mention. Honorable we should have mention absolutely mentioned her. Sure. Wow. She should definitely win for supporting actress.
2: Yeah, year, she's incredible. Up.
1: But yeah, what an, a powerful movie that you said you didn't like because it felt too much like a play. Because that's my one negative on with it.
2: Yeah, that's my one negative with it. And is, it's actually
1: one of my pros is that it felt like a play and then it actually transcends into if, film.
2: If you're going to do a movie, do a movie, you know? Like, like I think of other stage discrete Like, Sound of Music is a great example. That was a Broadway play for 10 years before it became a movie. Yeah, And that movie starts in, like, the Alps of Switzerland. That's a yeah. movie, you know what I mean? Like, it's, you couldn't do that on a set, you know? Yeah. And it felt like, Fences, you could have done it all on a set.
1: Yep. So... That's my number three, Fences.
2: Um, yeah, I like that. My number three, uh, I already said Kubo. Is that your number two? Did you say Kubo too early? Did I Did I, Did I? I not say Moana? Mm-hmm. You did not. Ah, okay. Moana so, was my
1: number four. Okay. Kubo oh. was my number three. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, so now we're on the top two now.
3: Number two, Jungle Book. Here's why. No, that's great. It could have explain. been horrible.
0: Yeah. Very true. You know what I
3: mean? And yeah. they took a they took a story that means a lot to my family. It's the first date my parents ever went on was going and seeing that Aww, movie in the theater that's together. Horrible! It's a really I love the story and I love the songs and it could have just been really weird with making it kind of more live action feel. And I thought they did a really really good job. I loved all of the characters in it. I loved all of like the animals, how they were realistic looking animals and yet really good CG at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I loved that movie a lot.
1: Very cool. Number two. La La Land.
2: My number 2 is Arrival. All right.
1: Danae, which number
2: 1?
3: Doctor Strange, I think.
2: Nice. Good call.
3: I think I think it kind of surprised me that I liked it so much. I saw it twice, so maybe that's part of it.
2: And you saw it on IMAX laser?
3: Yeah, that my, and I saw Jungle Book on IMAX laser too. That's
2: interesting. Your top 2 movies ex- experiences of the year were both in laser.
3: I I really enjoyed Doctor Strange. Um, I, I I like I like it whenever Marvel has a new character line. Because they do tell really good stories. And they do put really good movies together. Yeah, The costuming was fun. The visuals were really great. And I think, again, I kind of joked around about it earlier, but really one of the reasons I think I'm drawn more to that is because it feels more like something I could do. So that was the one that I picked for now. Well, one. Andrew, I
1: think we know each other's number ones. Yeah, my number two was La La Land. Your number two was Arrival. And my number one is Arrival. And What's my your number, number one? one is
2: La La Land. Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but... All the gurus chose arrival as their number one as well. I don't think I don't so. think
2: it's even I, I you know, I don't think it's even a question. I think the official SIF Pop movie of two thousand and sixteen is Jungle Arrival, Book. arrival. Oh, Warcraft oh. Warcraft, <laughs> yeah, suck, yes. It.
0: Yes. Warcraft no. suck it! Warcraft suck it. It
1: is Arrival. <laughs> because I also gave Amy Adams an arrival my number one performance. Yeah, yeah,
2: so, no,
3: and I think I really need to see this movie. I mean,
2: the gurus. Some it's, of the gurus were very clear. I haven't seen La La Land. You know, I don't just know came where out it, would.
1: it three days ago.
2: M- I think it just expanded wide. Yeah. It may not have expanded totally wide yet. It came La out La on Christmas wide. So La La Land. Yeah, it's not oh. showing locally, is it? Yeah, where's it showing in town? I think it's showing at Hollywood. Oh,
1: is it? Okay, yeah. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But anyways, I think it is.
2: but I I think Arrival would be the one. Anyways, that that we would pick overall. I personally. I think La La Land is a more enjoyable experience for me, but I get why that's personal to me. I'm actually really impressed; it made it all the way up to your number two because you don't like musicals.
1: I don't like musicals, and what a film! There's a there's a scene at the end of this movie with a kiss that I almost jumped out of my seat, just going, "Yes, aw, yeah. that's uh, cool." Yeah, um, this may sound sexist, and it um, is not supposed to come off at all. Good, so okay. way to clarify. Yeah, well, that always works. But Danae's saying that she wants to see Arrival. I don't know if being pregnant, the very first five minutes of this movie, may be too like horrifying.
2: Do you uh, know, I think I I think she'll be
1: fine. But I just know she doesn't. You don't like sad, and this is like incredible. It ups you.
3: Is it if, like up?
1: Yeah, it ups you hard. It
3: ups you hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> guys, that should maybe not be a saying.
2: <laughs> yeah. Let's find a different way to phrase that. So,
3: random side note: based on what you just said, weird thing that happens whenever you're pregnant. People just share their horrible birth stories with you all the time.
0: Oh no! So
3: yeah, I've had to kind of create the sort of like that's not my reality. This is my reality. Yeah. So I might be okay with seeing yeah. you know. an I,
2: I think you should see Arrival.
3: I I really want to because I I really enjoyed the previews. Yeah, mm. there's something about the previews that were really. I just was drawn into it. It felt like. Kind of like I just like this powerful mm-hmm. experience, and, it, and it, it reminded me of Gravity a little bit. And, hey, and it feeling definitely has that, way. that feel
1: to it, yeah. I've seen Arrival four times. Really? I would not be objected to seeing it a fifth time. If you want to go and see it, let me know. You've seen
3: it four times? Yeah. Holy moly.
1: I've seen La La Land four times. Yeah.
3: And that's you guys' top. Yeah. So, yeah. obviously, you really like them.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Obviously, I can't see Arrival more than once. or I mean, La La Land more than once, but I would have. I would have seen it more than once. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Well, there you go. That is the official Sif Pop movie of 2016. Woo! Woo! Uh, thanks for staying tuned through this uh, mega sized episode of Sif Pop End of Year so Movie Awards. Uh, special thanks again to Danae for actually making lists. So many Bravo. lists. I'm so Bro- happy.
3: I I feel like I've I've just broken into a really cool like part of being on Zip <laughs> like you know, being the critic kind uh-huh. of perspective of having yeah. lists. But I I have to make sure you guys just don't get too excited. This may be a one time <laughs> thing. I don't know.
1: You know, I'm gonna savor this moment.
2: <laughs> so yeah, well, savor the moment. <laughs> as host emeritus, you are welcome back anytime. You Thanks, just let us man. know which week weeks you want to be back on. Uh, we'd love to have you on. We did not do Buried Treasure. Did you guys come with Buried Treasure that you wanted to mention before we we finish out? I didn't. Um, Denae, go ahead. I know Denae's always got some Buried Treasure uh, in her somewhere. I so. can
1: think of something just real quick, but go ahead.
3: Um, I actually started playing this app that I think that you guys might enjoy. What? Denae's doing an app for Buried <laughs> Treasure? It's like we're back in the old days. So it's called Reigns. R-E-I-G-N-S. And I did not think I was going to enjoy this game, but I read the reviews and people were saying they're getting all addicted to it. I played the first couple rounds and I was like, I'm not sure. And then, yeah, I play it all the time. So the premise of the game is it's just a swipe left, swipe right game. You know, it doesn't have to, doesn't require like too much. And basically you are the King. Uh, and right now I'm at like 927, I think BC or something. And it says that my name is Gerald. And this is the 24th round I've played so far. Um and then it deals you a deck of cards. Okay. Okay. And then they have different characters that are on the card itself. You've got like a joker. Um. There's a priest. There's uh, these different things. There's dogs. There's just weird stuff that'll kind of pop up. And it like this started off and said and it tells you things like we should systematically blame the islander migrants for everything that's wrong within kingdom. And you swipe right for yes or left for no in this card experience. And so based on your response, you'll either get more money, more war, more people, more religion. And you're trying to keep this even sort of way of reigning your country for as long as possible before you die. And you die all kinds of different random ways. And the way that they start you off playing it, you have no idea what any of your reasoning is going to do. And like I think I reigned for like four years once and I was like, you've been dismembered. <laughs> so you you always die. It's always an interesting way to die. And you unlock new characters, you unlock new, like, things that are happening. So I recently found myself thrown into the dungeon, and I got to wander around in the dungeon and decide, like, you can fight skeletons and just weird things like this, and it's all just by swiping left or swiping right, and it's it's a really goofy and fun game mm-hmm. and really simple, and I would, I would say that it's G-rated. There's not, like, you know, there's nothing that you, your kids could probably play it and they'd right. be fine with playing it. There's nothing in it so far that's weird.
2: It's like if your kids have always wanted to do Tinder... But, you know, that's not for them. They (laughs) can just do this app. They can swipe left and right. I do
3: think it's super clever because it's not the same deck. So, like, one time it was like, um, should we build a barn to store food? Well, that barn lasts into the next ruling king. So it's not like there is a little bit where you're building up your kingdom in a way where your next person that's going to be reigning, you still have access to what has been done before. So you get benefits. Um, like that, and I think that's super, super clever because it makes you keep wanting to play it because you're still impacting what you're doing. Um, I would really highly recommend trying it out. So again, it's called Reigns R E I G N S, like the King nice. Reigns, like the King Reigns. All right, very nice.
1: I thought of some. Well, f- feel free. So, um, I went to an engagement party last night, and we were playing board games and stuff, and I'd never heard of this game until last night, and it was so much fun. It's called One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Have you ever heard no. of this game? No. no, not at all. But I so, love games. So this is a great... It's super quick. You can play multiple rounds in like 30 minutes. Um, what the game is, is you're everybody's given a card face down. And the card will have like uh, a mason or like a blacksmith or like a seer. And then one person is a werewolf. And then you look at your card. You don't tell anybody what you are. Everybody closes their eyes and then... An app on your phone will tell you to do certain things while everybody's eyes are closed. <gasps> and then after it tells everybody what to do, you everybody opens their eyes and you have three minutes to find out who the werewolf is in your room. Hmm. It was so much fun. It, it, I looked it up on Target and it's $13 at Target. For a board game. Very I love cool. that
3: there's these games now where there's an app also that comes along with it. There's yeah. a couple really cool ones out there. I'll I'll have to try to send a link to some of them too. We can be posted on Patreon. But you had a
1: blast. Oh yeah. How many people can play? uh We had eight people. Play. What was it okay. called again? One night, ultimate werewolf. Like uh, age like appropriate. For... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because like um like one of the cards is like seer. So what the seer does is like whenever they open their eyes they can look around at anybody and look at one person's card to see what they are. And then after the game, you'll be like, I'm the seer and I definitely know that that person's the werewolf. And then other people in the room be like, well, maybe you're the werewolf and you're just trying to throw us off your trail. And then at the end of it, like whenever time runs out, everybody points their finger at whoever they think the werewolf is. And whoever has the most uh, uh, fingers pointed at them if they're not the werewolf, then everybody besides the werewolf loses. Loses, yeah, yeah. It, it sounds a lot like Assassin. Four
3: point seven out of five stars on Amazon. Is it out of five hundred and seventy three customer reviews? That's People a love really it. Really good. It's so review. much fun.
1: How much is it on Amazon? Did on it Amazon,
3: say? it is twenty, twenty one, twenty seven, about twenty one, about twenty two dollars.
2: Twice as much as you said it was at Target.
1: Yeah, at Target said it was thirteen bucks.
3: Maybe so. it's on sale.
1: It's possible. Everybody,
3: run to Target. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I, I, I had so much fun, and it's like a, like a, it's totally age appropriate, totally innocent. I think it's great. Very cool.
2: Uh, I guess I'll have to throw out a buried treasure too. Yeah. Uh, I've been re-falling in love with the voice of a singer named Mark Martell. Uh, I spent a lot of time, a lot of time on YouTube uh, recently uh, listening to some of his covers. And Mark Martell, you may remember, blew up virally with his Queen. Yes. Uh, when he did uh, Somebody to Love for the Queen audition thing. And now he travels as the lead singer.
3: Is it Queen Extravaganza? For the Queen Extravaganza.
2: Yeah, the official Queen tribute band. Sounds so much like Freddie. He does. He really sounds a lot like Freddie. But it's really cool to see him sing these covers because it's almost like you're getting to hear Freddie Mercury in some ways, seeing like Seal's kiss by a rose or google dolls iris or you know he did a series of you know songs of the 90s that i was you know listening to recently but uh i'd highly encourage you to check it out he's just so in control of his instrument like he can just make his voice do just about anything and it's it's just so impressive to to hear and oh actually i got on that kick because somebody linked to his cover of freedom george michael's freedom after george michael passed away and uh and so watching him do that and then i just kind of went down the rabbit hole from there i'll do it absolutely there you go we did it that's sif pop for this week This year this year (laughs) you only listen to one no don't listen to all of them (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Studio DNA. That's M-I-X-L-R dot com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks again to today's host emeritus, Danae Hughes. Thanks,
3: guys.
1: You get more than a golf clap.
3: You guys are awesome.
2: Full on celebration. It's
3: nice to revisit Sif Pop.
2: Anything you want to promote, let people know about?
3: Uh, If you don't already, we're on a podcast called Shoe the Dough. We do a weekly podcast. Mm -hmm. there and I would love for you to follow me on Instagram. My Instagram name is J Jdenae. That's J-D-E-N-E-E and if you didn't know why there was a J before, now you do. (laughs) That's right. If you were listening to the episode, you know my first name now.
2: Your actual name is not do. Life has changed. Uh, in the chat people were going insane (laughs) were they really (laughs) Uh, much love and gratitude as well to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible support does start at $3 a month comes with some pretty fun perks you can find out more at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Also, please rate and comment at your podcast player of preference, especially if it's iTunes, because they use that information uh, to get the word out about the show. We would love that. And if you've got any feedback, you can contact us on Twitter, YouTube, or you can email us. Feedback at
0: sifpop.com.